hear it <laughs> no. I now know, that we gonna... said that now that we said that on the last episode that you do it like a question now it's always going to be a question it shall be a question for now and always i'm justina and i'm christina and, and we're, we're the stinas. stinas welcome to magnolia street how are all you right. doing all right good you doing all all my, my orange juice how you doing i'm uh i'm good i'm no, not getting Don't better lie. Don't lie to our audience. This comes out like three weeks from now. So they're going to be like, she's still fucking sick. When in reality, <laughs> I haven't been sick for a while, but I think I'm going to have the flu. How's your belly? My belly hurts. I still have a fever. You have a fever? Yes. I'm... Oh, shit. I know. Did you take a COVID test? I did not. I did not. Should I? Yes. Should I do it right now? While we're <laughs> do it right on the air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jam that shit up your nose. This is the this is the Magnolia Street podcast advocating to test yourself if you feel yeah, sick. Yeah, man. I'm convinced right. I had COVID twice last year. I know for sure I had it once. I only tested positive the once, but the second time I tested negative, but I just like my symptoms were so random and like weird that I was like, this has to be COVID. This is I've never experienced oh that that must that must be <laughs> I must feel amazing right now. Do I have to do both? I think so. Okay. Um, when I was in second grade, I got put in the timeout chair because I showed Lauren Gardner my boogies <laughs> and my tissue. Lovely. So Lauren, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Yeah, jam it all up in there. It did. The little T line is not showing up yet, so I don't think it's corvid. It might take like 15 minutes. I know. I'm impatient. Those usually take a while. You got your color coordinated today. Oh, there's grease all over my computer now. Is that a mojito? Uh, mojito. <laughs> is that a mimosa? Or is it nah. a normal OJ? It's just regular OJ. I needed some kind of like sugar. Yes. I'm dragging ass. And I was like, oh, I don't know if my stomach can handle coffee right now. Oh, no. Hmm. Uh, What do we got? We're at 10 minutes and it's still no tea line. So that's good. Okay. Give it five more. Live on the air. <laughs> COVID results. Dude, when COVID first happened, I could not, for the life of me, say COVID. I kept calling it Corvid. <laughs> like the bird flu. <laughs> Every Corvid. time. I'm hoping future us had a really nice Christmas. I might have come and gone to Pennsylvania in that time. And oh, that's right. We'll see, yeah. man. Yeah. I only need to drive a couple more hours and you'll be in Jersey. You know, I thought about that. I was like, two more hours is not that far. Yeah. And Jersey's not that big. So I know. It's not that bad. Come up to Jersey. <laughs> Maybe in the spring. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You don't want to come here now. It's kind of shitty right now. It's all gloomy it's... and cold and you know, I'm drying up. I'm like, I'm like layering on the chapstick and the lotion like every five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you just slip slide right out the door on the way yep. to work. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't even, yeah. It's not even chapstick. It's just Crisco at this point. I'm just it like, is, give me all the moisture. Yeah. It's lard. Oh, no. <laughs> it's so very how, rainy here too. Is it? Yes. 
Yeah. Perfect day. Perfect well, day. But you made a, tea. a cozy, you made a cozy little cinnamon banana bread this morning. That looks so yeah. toasty and cozy. Oh, my house smells so good. I'm it sure smells amazing. I had those bananas for like two weeks. And they were ready. So, but that's like the best time to make it, right? When oh, you, yeah. when those are rotting. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The house smells good. Second cup of tea. So we might take a bathroom break in between rains yes. coming down and we have a patron that we need we to acknowledge. A- yes. Yeah. Awesome. Welcome Charlotte C. Welcome to the Magnolia street fam. Thank you, Charlotte C. Thank you you for all of your support. We really appreciate it. And thank you to all of our other patrons on the Patreon over there doing their thing, answering the polls, getting in on all the hot goss. All right. Um, Do you want to do the honor and tell everybody our big ass news? All right. Well, I'm sure if you guys have been following us on Instagram, you probably may may have seen this in our stories. Um, but it's this is actually kind of funny how it happened though, right? Because the story in and of itself of of this happening is just hysterical. So oh, uh, tell him, tell him, tell yeah, him. yeah. So my cousin had we had just wrapped up recording the last episode last Tuesday. This happened last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was on a recording day. Me and Christina had already said our goodbye for for the day. We just wrapped up the episode, and then my cousin texted me. Shout out to Josie. Uh, Josie, she she texted me, my cousin, and she was just gushing about the podcast. She she loves it so much. And I'm like, you got to be a guest on the show um, at some point. She does like numerology <laughs> sure. and stuff, which is really cool. Nice. Um, So she was just gushing about the show. She's read every book Alice Hoffman has ever written, she said. <laughs> and oh, wow. she, just, she loves Practical Magic. She's seen the movie. She's read all the books. Um, she's, she's pretty obsessed, too. So oh, she was wow. just, you know chatting with us about the podcast and we were talking about alice hoffman herself and she was like do you she she was like she's got to know about you guys she knows about you guys like don't don't put it past her she's she's listening and Mm -hmm. you know all that stuff um and while i was on the phone with her we were on the phone for like a good maybe hour or so Mm. and then i was getting ready ready to leave for work and you i was getting a phone call from you while i was on the phone with her Mm mm-hmm and I was like, that's weird. Christina never mm-hmm. calls me. She always just either Marcos me or she just texts me. Like, you never call me. So Emergency. right away, I was like, right away, I was like, what's going on? Something's up. I need, like, what's going on? And then it didn't it didn't just stop there. Like, you hung up and then you kept calling me. I kept and calling. then it stopped ringing and you kept calling me. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so I don't, I don't call people. And I was like, you <laughs> motherfucker better pick up your phone. This is an emergency. And you weren't answering. I was on the phone and I'm never on the phone, which is so weird. So I am your business partner. (laughs) (laughs) So you kept calling me. I was like, what the fuck, Christina? Can't this wait? And (laughs) I get a text from you and I'm like, all right, let me just see what the text says. So then like, I'm wondering if it's like really serious, like Mm -hmm, if it's mm -hmm. an emergency. So I, I look at the text and it's just like, Alice Hoffman is following us and it's like <laughs> I was like oh my god and I was still on the phone with my cousin at that point and I was like uh Josie what were we just talking about yeah I was like Alice Hoffman is fucking following us on Instagram she's like oh my god that's so weird I was she was like see our it's words are power insane <laughs> I don't think Alice will be listening to our episodes It'd be really cool if she did probably not but no. like we were like <laughs> We we just we just want 
you. <laughs> we, we just want you to know that we love you. And yeah. please don't uh, ask us to stop <laughs> cease and desist, please. But and then it didn't even stop there. Like she shared our most recent post, which was the review, review, the Apple podcast review. She shared that to her stories. My soul left my body. Yeah. Yeah. The, like, the... She knows who and we then... are. And then Christina made a story saying my soul just left my body. And it was like that really triumphant Amas Veritas theme. It's like, no, 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 no. And it felt like the waves crashing in that like Little Mermaid scene when she's on the rock. Yeah. And the water's just like gushing up in her face. And then you called me and you were like, what the shit? But then you marked me later. Like, I'm having a. A, an emotional reaction to this right now and i marco yeah. back said like we were both kind of teary-eyed because it's we didn't set out to like get her attention initially this was a musical project and we didn't know how to get the music out there so it was the podcast that came next and it's for fun because this is what we love to talk about and we're like well we want alice to know how we love it and how many other people love it and the fact that now she knows like she's so important to us that's just yeah. like what and and the fact that she takes the time to share like other people's uh stories of her, of her work and um you know she she likes other creators and I, we just really really were humbled and honored and so appreciative i still can't believe it i can't believe it <laughs> alice um, but that's hoffman. so cool um so thank you alice miss hoffman for thank following you. us on the instagrams and sharing our stories and I think we got a little influx of followers from that. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. We just want everybody to come to Magnolia Street and yeah. just hang out and talk about practical magic. Prack Madge. Prack Madge. <laughs> Prack Madge. Oh, I don't Prack like that. Hashtag Prack Madge. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. Okay. Oh, anyway. Co COVID negative. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Alice Hoffman, thank you so much. We are super fans and yeah. we hope you're still following us at this point in time at the end of December. <laughs> I know she might just get sick of our shit and just be like, no. friend, a friend block. <laughs> <laughs> um, she did re or I, she did, um, react to what's it called? Oh, I reacted. I sent like a little clapping emoji to her, one of her stories. I forget what story it was, but then she hearted my clapping. So Ooh, I was like, oh, sees... she's reacting to my... She to... Yeah, sees my... our stuff now. Yeah. Like, it, really on cool. her feet. When she's sitting there with her little puppy dog, writing that next yeah. big novel. Yeah. Magnolia Street me memes come up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The Magnolia Street memes. We haven't had a good one in a while, right? We haven't had any memes in a while? I know. I was trying to be more professional. I was like, we don't need this bullshit up here. Nobody's going to know what this podcast is about. I'd be like, that yeah. hell Billy Zane doing up here? <laughs> you guys like the memes let us know make your own memes and tag make us your in own them. yeah tag us in them we will repost them to our feed because that Absolutely. takes less that's less work for us to make the memes so <laughs> by all means we will take memes you that's a meme in better. itself by all memes by all memes we will take memes by all memes that sounds so desperate <laughs> all right um so we had a spotify wrapped did you see the spotify wrapped i did not you did I didn't look at I looked at mine, but I didn't look at what was our personal oh, shit. one. The well the podcast had a Spotify wrapped. What does what um, is it? Um 
Spotify creates this wrapped, uh, I guess, what is it called? Like collection a... of your music, of what you listened to that year, your trends, your most listened to music, songs, podcasts. Yes. Yes. Genres. So, so it says in 2022, you did your thing and people loved it. That's All crazy right. because we only started in October. I know, right? It says you created 94 minutes of new content. That's more than 37% of other creators in the religion and spirituality category. Isn't that nuts? Your podcast loves to travel. Okay. Well, we know mirrors in Australia. Yeah. So our podcast was heard in five countries. Our top three were number one, the United States, number two, Canada, and number three, Australia. And it says something magical happened between October 30th, which... It was, was that our was... premiere. Right. Or was it the 31st? We launched on Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So between October 30th and November 5th, it said you had 139% more listeners compared to your average week. What? Damn. Well, that was launch week. So that's understandable because we did have like an explosion of listeners that very first episode and then it kind of weaned off a little bit. And now it's starting to pick back up again. I People feel like everybody... Up is catching up with the episodes now. And mm-hmm. I talked to a couple people and a couple people said the same thing. They said, I listened to the first couple episodes and then like I stopped because I didn't want it to end yet. I wanted to binge everything all at once. Wow. So that's, that's probably nice. why we saw a drop off in listeners after like the first couple episodes because people were still catching up. And also the people who are bingers didn't want to listen until they had more of a catalog to listen to. So I like that. Yeah, it's all about the binge these days. I love a binge. So let's see the next slide. It says, whoever said sharing is caring was probably a fan of yours. Your It says your podcast was in the top 20% most shared globally. And here's how listeners spread the word. So 79% was via direct link. 11% was via Instagram. 5% was via text. 3% was other. And 2% was via Facebook. Wow. So I'm thinking that the inst- the direct links that we maybe that we've been sharing in our Instagram stories maybe that's helping. So thank you guys for sharing the links and getting people to our podcast. We really appreciate yeah. it. Um. So it says pop quiz. What percent of your listeners follow your podcast? Meaning they actually have to click the follow button on Spotify. Seventy-seven. You think it's seventy-seven? Yeah. Go big. All right. Correct. Woo, right. Woo, 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 woo. That's a lot. Thanks, guys. Thank you for following. It says you're in the top 20% most followed podcasts. That way you get that little notification on Fridays when when that new episode comes out. Yeah, man. So what are Magnolia Street listeners like exactly? Your listeners' podcast personality is the devotee. And that means when your fans love a podcast, they really love it. They're quick to support new releases and play their favorite episodes over and over. And you know what's really funny? Hmm. The people playing the episodes over and over is probably just me and you. I know. Like, oh, damn, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, exactly. It says you're a top 10 podcast for 35 fans. You're a top five podcast for 24 fans. And you're the number one podcast for nine fans. So thank you, nine people. You and me and our moms. Yeah, basically. (laughs) And a few other people. Yeah. So thanks, guys, for, you know, just listening and sharing and enabling us to get our voices out there and just spreading the Magnolia Street and Practical Magic love. We really appreciate it. And tagging Alice Hoffman and everything we post. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're so happy. Tongue pop. We hope everyone enjoyed the first song episode, uh, the Magnolia Street one. We hope to do many, many more. And for the full 
song that you're able to stream, go over to our Patreon and uh, join the $8 tier. It will be on there. We hope you enjoyed that first song episode, and we want to do more of those for you, but we need some help. Yeah, we would really appreciate you guys, your guys' help if you went over to your Apple Podcast. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, and if you left a review, left us, leave us some stars. Um, be honest, if, if it's not a five-star review, that's fine too. We just mm-hmm. want your feedback and want to know what we can do to make this podcast better, a better listening experience for, for you and everybody else who listens. Give a, We need two more written reviews and, you know... We'll say a few more five-star reviews, and then we'll release the next song episode. So it might be earlier than we anticipated. <laughs> it might be, but that's I fine. I hope it is. When we get reviews, we get bumped up in the algorithm. So the reviews are a really essential and important part of this whole operation. Help bump us up, and then we, we get you some music for those ears. So I got the best news. Sally just came out. Today, we are talking about coming out of the broom closet just to explain a little bit about what that means uh so the term broom closet let's define it so it's to publicly reveal that one is a wiccan or some other type of pagan or somebody who practices the art of witchcraft and anybody who is considered a witch i guess right would not be considered part of an abrahamic religion an abrahamic religion is like judaism or christianity or islam um all of those religions are religions whose teachings are based on the belief in a covenant between god and humankind which witchcraft is really not right right so yeah the paganism and there are so many uh like a huge spectrum of that fall under the pagan umbrella like i i i consider myself like an animist that falls under there some you don't have a god however i know in the wiccan faith they do believe in a god and goddess but we're just talking about non-abrahamic religions let's start with like what because usually the non-abrahamic religions are considered a cult i've always been interested in the occult <laughs> occult is not cult, a cult. <laughs> right <laughs> which i think is what a lot of um non-witches who hear that word probably think it means which might be part of the negative stereotype maybe yeah yeah super stigma that that's um behind the word occult is crazy because when you think of like a pagan gathering you think Mm -hmm. like picture the beginning scene in outlander like women dancing and blowing you know like white carrying torches and like that looks like a cult you know what i mean you think so you think that looks like a cult for somebody who does not practice i would be like oh that is of the devil we you know, that. see, that to me seems more beautiful and more of the earth to me. The as word, a witch, though. Right. I, I know. But as a witch. But to me, even me as somebody who, you know, identifies with the pagan world and that whole scene, I even like when you see like those movie stereotypes about like secret societies and like meetings in like hooded robes, like mm-hmm. that shit to me feels more culty than what you just described. Okay, so, my my example was poor. I, I'll admit. No, I'm not saying it's poor. I'm just saying it's like, it's interesting how we all have different notions of what is um, beautiful and what is a little more 
scary and taboo. But occult, uh, O-C-C-U-L-T, is anything that's supernatural, mystical, or has magical beliefs or practices, um, any phenomenon. Uh, do you think like aliens would be considered occult? Because um, it's a phenomenon of some, you know, celestial I, beings. It is. I don't know. Do you know of any kind of like witchy or pagan practice that involves aliens oh yeah incorporate that into their i don't know because like that that's not that's not my bag i don't i don't kind of venture off into the the uh extraterrestrial realm i mean i love (laughs) it but i don't normally associate that with my practice but i mean maybe people do i don't know do you know people yeah i i do um that's really awesome (laughs) it's it's very it's very odd to me but also like in their sense like the alien beings could also be like the upper echelons of angels okay what i mean right Um, right right that could be a cult phenomenon totally and then when talking about cults cults are a system of religion uh veneration or excuse me religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object when i think of cults so here's here's my thing when i was going to that women's group and i became a pagan priestess we all wore white we all wore white for our ordination and the thing in my mind was like am i in a cult am i in a cult (laughs) i kept bringing it back to we are Uh not we are not praying to anybody we are not giving money to anybody we are not uh, we didn't, it was, um, it was a democracy, you know, it wasn't one person was the leader. That was not what it's like. So in my mind, I wasn't giving any money to anybody and we weren't praying to anybody. You weren't worshiping a person that deemed themselves a guru. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So but I can understand how that would feel that way. I know. I think any group of women that just like get together and just, I guess to, I don't know, come into their power or just join, just joining together, just a group of women joining together in general, I think is just like a very witchy thing. Um, I used to work for this company and uh, we used to um, go around to different like daycare centers and preschools and like sing for the kids. And it was like a, a, a singular kind of like job. Like I never worked with anybody in my company. It was always just me going to my own schools. But every like every few months we would have to get together to kind of review the curriculum and it was always a a group of women just sitting in a circle just singing just singing together okay and that and I was like this seems this seems very witchy (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's just how I always felt there and it always felt a little culty so I don't Mm -hmm. know maybe just like a group of people joining together in general isn't that awful that it now has that yeah so like a huge, uh, huge like cult situation. We were talking about like the satanic panic in one of our recent episodes. What episode was that? We were talking about Richard Ramirez. Oh, and I don't how, remember. And how, um, y- you know, the Manson family cult. We could go on and on and on uh-huh. and on. Satan is a Christian creation. Um, personally, if if I don't believe in a God, if I don't believe in a Christian God, I'm not believing in Satan. Right. Because they they just don't match. If one doesn't follow Christianity, they most likely have nothing to do with Satan unless you're part of um, Satanism or the Satanic Temple. And I recommend like going and reading um, their their pillars, their laws, because a lot of this stuff is like, am I a Satanist? Like this makes a lot well, of sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. Me and Avi 
kind of had this discussion and this discussion actually comes up a lot because we you know as we know we go to Salem every Halloween and we have visited the um was it the satanic temple of Salem mm-hmm. and it's basically like an art gallery that's mm-hmm. basically what it is but they also use it for meetings it's basically all it is is separation of church they believe in separation of church and state that's basically all they preach mm-hmm. you know it's not really yeah. actually worshiping Satan. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, there is. What does Sally say? There is no devil in the craft. There is no devil in the craft. Because we don't have it. It's all about what culture you're in, what uh, pantheon you follow. Every pantheon has some kind of trickster god, whether that's Loki in the Norse mythology, Hades, Lucifer, who Lucifer has his own. Oh my gosh. We could talk. This is coming out of the broom closet, but if you get a chance, yeah. look at the background of where Lucifer comes from. And Anansi, who is a trickster, a spider, like a spider character. Okay. Is that right? Okay. Um, Real quick. Yes. Lucifer. It is Wait, not. so is Lucifer the fallen angel? Yes. Yeah, and is that is. or is that not part of the Catholic or Christian kind of teaching? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. But it's not the same as Satan? No. Huh. So uh, I'll send you this TikTok. I don't want to paraphrase it incorrectly, but basically okay. the word Lucifer, um, what is it? The morning star? Right. Yes. Uh, the morning star is also Venus. Okay. So there's a whole connection astrologically with who Lucifer is. It's very interesting. So we just wanted to differentiate between what a cult and a cult <laughs> is because um, being in the broom closet, uh, people people tend to stay in, right? Because there's such a stigma behind their interests of the occult world, of supernatural, mystical, magical practices. Because right. people think of it as woo. People think of it, could still think of it as evil. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about like the what the phrase coming out, coming out of the broom closet, or just coming out in general means. Right. Yeah. Okay. So when we talk about coming out in this episode, we, we are talking about that that scene where Sally phones everybody and she goes, I'm a witch. But that doesn't just necessarily mean coming out um, about your religion. It doesn't have to mean just about your sexuality or your spirituality. Just stepping forward, stepping up and owning yourself. And whether that's like speaking, speaking up mm-hmm. with um, some a point of view that is m- maybe not favored. <laughs> But right. being true to yourself, owning your talents or your passion. Um, so that that is where I think we're going for. And you know what? I think when stepping up, you're kind of taking the power away from other people to ostracize you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because like, you know, in, in the intro, in the beginning, when they're kids, we see like people go, witch, witch, you're a bitch, whatever. Like they never confirm it or deny it. So it's kind of always this kind of like ambiguous thing hanging over their heads. Um, so that's why they're kind of like the talk of the town because like people are keep wondering and there is no straight answer. So they're just this the the mystery surrounding all of this is kind of what keeps people talking and keeps the Owens family name in everybody's mouths. Yeah. So once Sally, you know, kind of came out and said, "I'm a witch," it gave them something to talk about, but more in a positive way. At this point, let's give them yeah. something. To exactly. Talk about. I think like, Sally was done playing the game. She she took back her power. I think at that moment, and it gave everybody something more hopeful to cling to. Mm-hmm. She became kind of like a leader in that moment instead of somebody who was kind of like cowering at the phone tree. <laughs> like you know what I mean? It was like almost thank goodness she's uh-huh. fine. So now we can stop. You know, not that they were like, oh, we have to like bully her because she's not 
being who she is but in a sense that's how it was and then in the opposite on the opposite hand when jillian shows up at that phone tree she's the first person to call herself out like the the ladies are kind of talking but she's like yep like that's me she's taking her power if she can say something first about herself yes. fuck them all you know what i mm-hmm. mean so um so real quick i have heard that it could be offensive like this coming out of the broom closet uh in the lgbt circles uh and it's because being queer isn't isn't a choice when spirituality usually there are exceptions usually it is unless you're a minor um and you or you are in a living situation or country where your life or your livelihood are are in danger so um i could i could see where taking that coming out of the closet to making it coming out of the broom closet i could see where that kind of gets a little gray um but i just wanted to put that out there that we're aware <laughs> we're aware yeah. So yeah, there are modern day witch hunts still going on. Um, but in other countries more so, there are people being persecuted um, for, oh, yeah. for witchcraft in other countries and still being murdered because of it. So what we're um, saying is that if you are a minor, just trust your gut. If you do have a living situation that it could really F up that living situation or your livelihood, um, there we're going to talk about ways to practice and, and just being patient um, because this is an ever endless path of um of learning and knowledge so we'll talk about that in a little while yeah also we're i think we're going to talk a little bit later about our own personal experiences Mm -hmm. and kind of like how we kind of i don't know if you want to say came out of the broom closet or you know just like followed followed our own intuition and coming into our own on our paths so we'll get into that a little bit later on yeah um but right now we're going to get into a little bit about um kind of themes about coming out of the broom closet in in the movie and in the books right yeah let's do it all right all right we're um so some of the places it pops up like we said in the movie um that big scene sally just came out and the other line from the movie kind of about owning who you are is aunt francis said being normal is not necessarily a virtue it rather denotes a lack of courage uh and then the similar line in the book which we covered in our second episode i think but the the aunts also say in the book, goodness, in their opinion, was not a virtue, but merely spinelessness and fear disguised as humility. Okay. Um. So do we want to talk about that quote at all? Like being normal is not necessarily a virtue. It rather denotes a lack of courage. Yeah, let's do it. Um. So what does she mean when when she says virtue like you're not are you going to you're not going to be judged in the end okay you know for for being normal there's no who is praising you for being normal not that they're seeking praise but like it takes it takes a certain amount of courage to own who you are it does Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. a scary thing because that means you're being vulnerable right Mm -hmm. you're putting yourself out there and you're kind of offering yourself up for criticism so it's a very scary thing i think to to be who you are um but you know what I feel like people, other people who see you being who you are will follow suit and it'll inspire somebody else to be who they are. So in Rules of Magic, be who you are, every part of you, the good and the bad, the sorrowful and the joyous, you can never run away, there is nowhere to run. That's actually one of the the things that I had highlighted. So basically, for a little context, this is at the funeral of um, Jet, Vincent, and Francis's parents. And also, because basically, I think during the scene, Levi's father, who... It, you know, they're the Willards. They're the direct descendants of John Hathorne, right? They're on the Hathorne side. Yes. Yeah, so we learn it. We learn in magic lessons that the Owens family 
and the Hathorne family are kind of intertwined because of Maria and John Hathorne's relationship. Mm-hmm. And this put a lot of strain on the family years and years and years and years down the line mm-hmm. up to the point where Jet and Levi, Levi Willard, who is, you know, the, the direct descendant of John Hathorne and Jet being the direct descendant of Maria, this family kind of still is at, you know, they're still at odds. And um, the Reverend Levi's father, father, he I would... have the passage if you want me to read it. It doesn't say it's pretty. It, it's but... pretty long, though, isn't it? I was just going to do those two paragraphs. OK, if you want to. It says they were, therefore, all descendants of the witch finder and a witch. And therein lay the very heart of the curse's beginnings, for they were fated to try their best to deny who they were and to refute their true selves. The Willard side of the family was related through one of the Hathorns' granddaughters, who had married a relation of John Proctor, hung as a witch when he tried to defend the innocent women being brought to trial. We were not there. Dreadful things happened. When women were accused of being crows and messengers from hell, we were neither the judge nor the accused, but we carry these things with us and we have to fight them. The best way to do this is to be who we are. Every part of you, the good and the bad, the sorrowful and the joyous. You can never want, you can never run away. There is nowhere to run to. I think your mother knew that in the end, and that is why she came back here to be buried. Uh, we are who we are from the start. I'm pretty sure that's Isabel talking. Yeah, I think you're probably right. So yes. they are connected. Yes. Yes, it is. It is Isabel. Um, It says when they returned to Magnolia Street, Isabel asked Franny and Vincent to join them in the garden. Mm. So basically, I guess that's when she had a little chat with them and Mm. just like talking to them about owning who they are, you know, even in the face of all the horrible stuff that their family went through in the past and is still going through because uh, Reverend Willard is still ostracizing Jetty for having that relationship with Levi. Like she, he makes it very clear that he does not want her with his son. He makes it so personal. Like Isabel's right. They're like, we weren't there. We weren't the people making those decisions. We are different people now. We are still connected, but there's no, there's no reason for, for this animosity anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's interesting how things kind of shift uh, toward the end of, was it toward the end of Rules of Magic? When uh, I guess the Reverend kind of softens up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then by Book of Magic, like him and Jetty were, you know, best buds up until her passing. And then Franny is still kind of holding the grudge because of how he treated her sister. So I thought yeah. it, that was like a pretty interesting dynamic. Dude, I just restarted the... um book of magic yeah and there one little thing that like i pulled out was like in the book of magic alice says something about like uh jetty going to the reverend's house to basically hash things out and she wasn't gonna leave until they did yeah that's not how it happened (laughs) rules of magic she goes and she's just leaning against the fence i guess rules of magic and he sees her and she wants to see levi's room and he's like come on in yes everything changes from there but i know i know I know. Alice didn't use an outline for a lot of this. <laughs> I know. We forgive you, Alice. Yeah. Still a beautifully... T- rereading Rules of Magic is yeah. so sad. I know. It's very... It's more... It's sadder than all the rest of the books. I, I don't is. know if it's just because, like, knowing... Seeing the aunts in the Practical Magic uh, 
movie world, like there, they had so much loss. Like I can, mm-hmm. I'm, li- I'm thinking of Franny and Halen uh-huh. and just putting like my husband in, like if I find out like my husband had cancer and like, we're just sitting on the porch and then he's gone. I'm like, mm-hmm. Wait, no, it's got wrenching. Yeah, it is. I hate it is, even thinking is. about that. Um, so go read Rules of Magic. <laughs> yeah, go read Rules of Magic. A- if you want to cry, just bring your box of tissues. Yeah. <laughs> so we have some more quotes. Do you want to take them away? A Mr. Grant is Vincent's boyfriend's dad but i don't remember the boyfriend's name since boyfriend's dad all right so mr grant says we must fight against bigotry in all its forms for it is prejudice that ruins a society and that is on page 245 i don't remember the context of this though do you um just the the guys owning who they are because um i think mr grant is also uh, a homosexual and okay. he regrets not being uh, who he was earlier on. Got it. Okay. Um, The next quote from the book is, The first clear thought that he, meaning Vincent, had was a memory of an interview he had read with Jim Morrison, a singer and a poet he had admired for his rebellion. Expose yourself to your deepest fear. After that, fear has no power. And the fear of freedom shrinks and vanishes. You are free. And that is Ooh. on page 286. And that was a Jim Morrison quote? I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's deep. So deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and this is on page 340. It says, it was the one about a rabbit who had once been a witch. They knew that a witch must never deny who she is and that no matter what happens, it's always best to be true to oneself. And I'm thinking that's about Maggie. Is that referring to, to Maggie, how she denied who she was and then eventually she turned herself into a rabbit? Right? Exactly. Yeah, I think <laughs> the character Halen, who is Franny's uh, lover, yeah, mm-hmm. um, becomes a doctor in their town, and the, all the kids love him, love him to bits, and they he always tells the story of Maggie the rabbit to them. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. I'm still convinced that they chopped her leg off and made her into a rabbit's foot. Don't they try to set her free, and then they're like, "Oh, she's just going to end up in somebody else's yard." Probably. I think they try to oh. set her free. Was that in? I think that was in Magic Lessons, right? Because when Faith goes to that like lady's house, they were like she was like trying to help her get all the rabbits into the next yard. Do you remember that? I don't remember. I just, again, yes. Yeah, did I just? I think it's Rules of Magic. I don't know. We gotta read them again. Oh my god, <laughs> nuts! There's so much. Uh, so, but there's so many little Easter eggs though. That's why it's like so fun to talk mm-hmm. about because there's just so much. We have uh, Magic Lessons next, and at, when I was taking these notes, girl, Hannah Owens, like. She's all about know who you are. Mm-hmm. Everything she says is know who you are. But the first. Well, uh, well, before we go into it, let's just talk about her death. Go ahead. Because she died basically standing her ground about who she was. Exactly. Right? Yes. Like when they like set her like garden ablaze, they set her house ablaze, whatever. She she wasn't going anywhere. She was standing her ground. and She died knowing who she was. Yeah. And I don't think she wanted her daughter to live with her death in vain you know what i mean uh-huh uh-huh to add to your thought real quick um her leaving the earth that way and believing and following the path that she did like her heart is at peace because mm-hmm. she was always 100 percent true to herself right and setting that example for maria who you know everybody makes their own choices their own mistakes but as far as Hannah being a good mother and and giving that example, priceless, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So one of our first excerpts from Magic Lessons comes on page 13. 
and it says, They sat in the light of a lantern and drank cups of courage tea, a blend of currants, spices, and thyme, made for protection and healing, a mixture that needed to steep for a long time. It was an elixir that made it clear one should never hide who one was. This was the first step towards courage. Is courage tea and caution tea? Don't we find out that they're the same thing? Are they the same thing? I don't know if they're the same thing. I think... I think Isabel pulls a fast one on on Jetty. On Jet, you're right. Okay. Remember that? Yes. When she asks which one Jet wanted and Jet says, doesn't she say caution? She does say caution, but she lies to Franny. Right. And yeah. she said she took courage. And then she's like, I'm sorry, Isabel, I lied. She's like, nah, I gave you courage. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I, you, you had it all along or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. 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 Good old Isabel, always pulling the fast one. Um, I wonder who would, who, because you know how they had the casting going for Rules of Magic? I wonder who that would be. Mm. I wonder who would be a good Isabel, like we'll Helen Mirren. Oh, yeah, maybe. 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 Might be. Just or Ellen, Burst- Ellen Burstyn. I don't know who that is. Do you remember the the mother in Requiem for a Dream? The one watching Holy all the TV? shit, that's a throwback movie. Right? I'll have to look her up. I love that soundtrack. So on page 243, Alice writes, never hide who you are inside. She, I'm uh, thinking Maria, she had always been told and all that she was had been hidden even from herself. And then we have uh, another, this is, this is not a quote, it's just from Alice. She says, her true mother, the mother she had lost, talking about Hannah, right? The one mm-hmm. who had told her to always be true to herself, even if she had to hide the truth from others. That's interesting. So be true to yourself, even if she had to be secretive and hide that truth from others. Is, is that? That's a little bit of an oxymoron, is it not? Right. Because like, how are you being true to yourself if you're you're still doing stuff in secret? If you're hiding truth from others, you're still being secretive about something. So maybe we can take it in the context of like the time period because her livelihood would have been in danger. Right. And also, I guess kind of using that using that type of intuition, like even today, like I feel like we all kind of know like who we can be ourselves around. You know, there are certain people who maybe they might not necessarily judge us, but we have that fear about what they might see us as if we you know, be our actual true selves around them. So there's always that fear of judgment, I think. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. when you want to be true to yourself, there's always that fear of judgment with certain I people, agree. I think. Yeah, it's all discernment when to keep your mouth closed because it's just easier. They might ask questions, but they might be the wrong questions. They're, they're as much as you try to educate them. Yeah. They'll always have that. It's kind of like that thing, like, let bygones be bygones. Like, you know, you know, you know when to pick your battles, choose your battles, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, certain people are going to just be very set in their ways and they might not be open to understanding your point of view and your way of life. And that's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to agree, agree to disagree, basically. One of the, like, satanic principles, which I really, like, get behind is, like, give your energies to those who deserve it. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. turn the other cheek kind of stuff. Right. No. Like, if you're not appreciative and you're not willing to listen uh, or give your energy in return, then yeah. you're not worth my time. Totally. 100%. Um, I'm like, am I a Satanist? I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Let's scoot over to page 
272. Did I skip one? Uh, no, we're good. Nope, nope, you're um, good. So uh, in the, towards the end of the story, right, Maria kind of loses her sight. Uh-huh. Um, so though her sight was gone, her courage was her courage was not she thought of the tea her mother had often oh wait or is this talking about faith i probably should have maybe it is faith i think it's faith because she started following like the left hand path kind of stuff that's right yep so it took the sight from her okay though her sight was gone her courage was not she thought of the tea her mother often made for her never hide who you are do what you think you cannot Ooh, i like that Mm -hmm. i like that uh and then lastly on page 353 never deny who you are hannah owens had told her no matter the price well that's all which that's a, that's a she lot did lessons. yeah um i didn't remember this much about like owning who you are i don't remember that much about that whole um theme mm-hmm. um because again i read magic lessons like a month ago i'm already forgetting details <laughs> that's um, all right that's why we work together in tandem yeah 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 i did i did have some stuff to add to rules of magic i should have said it before when we were still on that topic do you remember in the book when franny and and uh Halen are at the leech lake and she thinks Halen is drowning mm-hmm. and she doesn't jump in after him mm-hmm. because she knows that you know if he saw her if she saved him and he saw her i guess floating or whatever then he would know she was a witch mm-hmm. so she would have rather had let halen die than just like yeah. let him see who she really was yeah that's rough i thought that was like kind of fucked up that is um rough. and then like he you know he came up to the surface and he was like were you just gonna let me drown for any like what the fuck dude and and in con- not contrast but like uh, in that vein uh durant that character agnes durant tells a story about Susanna, and Susanna is the mother of vincent franny and jet and mm-hmm. Susanna talks about like the love she lost and she was in france and whatever and agnes durant kind of says no there was a boating accident and the guy went overboard and Susanna jumped in after him but she couldn't get him so mm-hmm. Susanna had a little more gul- like gumption balls right. than franny did to try yeah. even if you're gonna fail right oh that's so sad yeah, I don't remember that whole I I vaguely remember that bit, but um about Susanna. I feel like Susanna's just like kind of like a flash in the pan, like she's not really like a central focus. Right. Um they do reference it, her in magic lessons though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. magic magic lessons, the book. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, book of magic. Oh, the book of magic. Yeah. Sally um, is like I she, Sally likes Susanna because of all her rules. She thought right. Susanna was onto something. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, I wish I wish there was a little bit more about Susanna, you mm-hmm. know, and her whole backstory in Paris. That would that would also make a really cool oh book. Oh my I think. god, that would be right? so cool! Yeah, there's so many other characters. Alice, please give us these books. We want the Owens family. We want the whole whole family tree story. All right, so this is Magic Lessons. Um. Oh wait, no, we we did that already. Book of Magic. Yeah. Right. This quote is a person could do her best to be ordinary and fit in, but the past could not be refuted. Even when it was hidden from children thought to be too tender to know the truth. You didn't choose magic. It choose it chose you. It bloomed inside you, blood and bone. This comes in at page five, actually, and it's really it's just Alan, Alice explaining that the family their family connection with witchery and um that they're bloodline witches and uh, for those who tried to escape their heritage it soon became clear that they could not run away from who they were and then mm-hmm. the quote you just read right yeah yeah i just think it's 
really um it's kind of heart-wrenching that sally you know didn't want them to know who they really were their whole entire lives up until you know they're pretty much almost adults at this point and just finding this out now like that's a pretty big thing to keep from your from your daughters yeah i agree um that's unfortunate and yeah going back to sally being like really up susanna's ass as far as like kind of trying to emulate her the way she raised her kids Mm -hmm. you know and then like look look what it did to francis jet and vincent yeah we even see a little bit of that in the practical magic movie with her you know there will never be any magic in this or you won't what does she say to to the aunts when she moves back in basically yeah what you just said there will never be any magic in this house or something of the sort yeah my daughter my my girls will never yeah 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 oh very sad and we're gonna talk about that i mean jesus christ so yeah we'll talk about her character arc but uh you have one more little bit there yeah so this says this is also from book of magic and it says you can live a little or i think it's love right you can love a little or you can love a lot is it love or is it say both I think Vincent's the one who's always say live a lot. He always says live a lot. And dude, I have taken that in. I'm like, am I going to live a little or am I going to fucking live a lot? Yeah. All right, man. That was a doozy. All right. Let's talk about Sally real quick. All right. So coming out now versus coming out in Sally's world. So what do you mean coming out now versus coming out in Sally's world? Like the world like of the 90s or like what the world of like the fictional world like what do you mean by that bullet point so yeah coming out now in 2022 got all it. these young okay. kids coming out versus coming out in sally's world where there's no internet i mean maybe it was a blip in you know steve jobs minds but <laughs> i'm pretty sure internet was around in 1998 95 was it 95 96 i remember the internet probably around like 90 95 right yeah but being as closed off as the owens already were and just kind of having the people in their circle that they did and their routines i don't think there was that pressure as there is now to to come out i think they would have been perfectly happy living their lives if not for fucking gently falling in with jimmy and her having i don't know if sally would have come out if not for that catalyst of having to save her sister you're probably Um, right absolutely and now i think there is a pressure for younger kids to to come out i don't know if if it would even be considered coming out right anymore at this point because Mm -hmm. of witch talk and what you have here the witch talk aesthetic it just makes it so easy it makes it more like an alluring thing as um as opposed to like a more a taboo thing as which it used to be in like well when i was in school so i feel like like witch talk made it very easy for kids to go down their path and and kind of explore um explore their own magical path yeah and i think now having having parents who were kids in the 90s Mm -hmm. see and are a little more open and knowledgeable (laughs) about Mm -hmm. what what witchcraft really is and what it um focuses on but it sounds like you know leaning on forums i guess back in the 90s and leaning on um just kind of word of mouth now it's so much easier for young kids hopefully they're doing it safely to find that witchy community instagram tiktok facebook like it's it's right at their fingertips right (laughs) um so 
I just uh, encourage people to do your research. Be careful. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit of a, not a story, but like kind of like my own personal experience. I remember when I was a teenager and I would go to a bookstore where I would go to the public library. Um, I haven't been to a public library probably since middle school, but Mm -hmm. I just remember like when I would go do my research and search for magical books, you know, I would, first of all, the magical section in a bookstore or the library was always you know, way upstairs in the back corner, like away Uh from everything else, like very (laughs) obscure, very low key, like not a lot of people up there. Um, And I always kind of like have the aisle to myself and I could just like spread out, sit on the floor, read my books and, you know, do my, do my research. And I always just felt like I had to hide because it was so like, nobody really wanted to talk about it. It was very taboo. Mm -hmm. Um, Even up until like a few years ago, like, I remember going to Barnes & Nobles even even a few years ago at this point, and it, it's still being a very obscure, shoved up in the back corner of the bookstore type deal. It's right next to the Bibles. It used to be. Well, I, okay, so here's what happened to me. So I guess after the whole witch talk explosion, I went into my local Barnes & Noble mm-hmm. and I went upstairs looking for my section and it was, it was gone. I was like, <gasps> what, what happened? I was like, what? So I went to ask uh, a store, uh, somebody who worked there, and they're like, oh, it's downstairs by the cafe. This Right up front. Right up front. And next to it was a tar- like a table full of tarot decks, and there was a sign above it that said, hashtag witch talk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's everywhere. It's everywhere now. It's, it's the cool thing. That's what it is now. It's just become the cool thing. And like, I don't want to gatekeep, right? I want people to be able to find sure. their path and I want people sure. to explore. I just don't want it to be a trend. You know what I mean? But like, the thing is, people fall off trends all the time. I know. And I know. I just thought it was like a little, not off-putting, but it kind of caught me off balance a little bit. I was like, what? For the longest time, I felt like I had to hide up in the dark corner of a bookstore upstairs up in the west wing like nobody ventured up there and now it's like freaking now it's in the middle of the freaking floor on the downstairs like right by the cafe where there's a lot of foot traffic and you know there's like there's so many people just in that aisle now and i feel like i used to have this aisle all to myself that's funny (laughs) so that's just like you know it's there's not as much pressure i don't think there's as much pressure to to come out now because it's just become a mainstream It's just become a mainstream sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's a good thing. Like if it's if it's introducing new people to their a path that they might not have otherwise stumbled upon. Truthfully, like when I was doing the the women's circle for uh, and the priestess training, they would have the Sabbath meetups. It was really rare to have like a a youngster, a quote unquote um, youngster come in. Were but you the did, were you the youngster for a long time? Okay. Yeah, for a long time. And I was it's mid 20s, 25, 6, 7. It was over 18. If anybody did come in, we were like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We were so excited for them and and just to have that like women's support. But now like everything is so accessible online and you don't really need to have I don't know if younger people know how important and how special it is to have that synergy and that connection with women. Um you know, men and women up close, but just having a women's circle was really cool. We're not, you know, gatekeeping uh, as far as male witches, warlocks, whatever you want to call yourself. Right. I'm just speaking from my right, experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Did you see the Craft Legacy movie? No. How was it? Didn't. Well, no. 
I thought it was horrible, but I could just be partial because I could just be partial to the original just because that's what I grew up with. And mm-hmm. that was my kind of nostalgia growing up. So for, and I feel like that's the case with like a lot of these remakes or remakes. I know, I know. But Feruza was attached. Feruza Balk was, was in it. She was in it? Yeah. And I'm really surprised that she signed on to that garbage. <laughs> That's, that's really wild. I, just, I thought it was just like it was really it was really bad the crap legacy was a different it was a different storyline mm-hmm. um i don't want to give any spoilers out to anybody who's planning on uh watching it but basically feruza balk she uh reprised her role as nancy mm-hmm. he was an do. not an ancestor but she's a relative of one of the newer girls the younger girls that is in it now Okay. And I just thought it was very, um, like, a lot of the magic that they did in the movie felt very reminiscent of Witch Talk and, like, Pinterest. Uh, okay. And, like, the whole, like, they did, like, a, a glitter bomb, bath bomb. Like, they did, like, a bath magic with, like, glitter, like, a milk bath. And I was like, oh, I've seen that on Pinterest. <laughs> I've seen that on Witch Talk. It was just very catered to the new generation, like, you could tell. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel as dark and... um because, like, I feel like that's what the craft was. It kind of explored that darker side of mm-hmm. magic within, I guess, high school or middle school at that time when mm-hmm. I was a teenager. And that's kind of what appealed to to it, to me. That's kind of, like, what drew me to it was that kind of, like, dark aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I guess when you're when you're younger, I guess you're just naturally drawn to the darker stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Is know. Is your Pluto and Scorpio by chance? <laughs> I don't know. I got to look at my chart, but. Um, um, yeah. Do we want to talk about like what uh how we see Sally at the beginning um and maybe like what her upbringing was like so this is all speculation and and you okay. can pull from what is Alice says in the books or or not it's up to you but my question was like what we thought Sally and Jillian's upbringing was like before they moved to Magnolia Street before their parents passed away like do we think that Regina her mother um taught them uh, and was open with them about about witchcraft i'm not sure like i said and we briefly touched on this in one of the previous yeah Yeah. do we want to talk about like what uh how we see sally at the beginning um and maybe like what her upbringing was like so this is all speculation and and you can pull from what is alice says in the books or or not it's up to you but my question was like what we thought Sally and Jillian's upbringing was like before they moved to Magnolia Street before their parents passed away. Like, do we think that Regina, her mother, um, taught them uh, and was open with them about about witchcraft? I'm not sure. Like I said, and we briefly touched on this in one of the previous episodes where I think it was the Sally analysis when I I basically said that I thought um, Regina's mother and father were kind of like these like glob globe trotters glob trotters globe <laughs> globe trotters like i feel like they traveled a lot and i feel like the girls were left with the grandmother a lot april oh, yeah okay yeah i'm i'm with you um so i don't know how much time was spent between regina and the girls like doing magic mm-hmm. like i don't really know if if they were exposed to that a lot i i don't think they really came into their craft until they lived with the aunts because remember when when they arrived on magnolia street and they saw jet saw um sally have that connection with the bird and she Mm -hmm. was like there's something special about her Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of when they like really worked with sally to hone her crafts her craft yeah um so i don't really think that they were exposed to much magic before they came to live with the aunts i really don't 
they just knew especially like Jillian just watching her sister like as a younger sibling like you just watch every everybody and everything so she's like oh like it might have just been second nature to her that her sister has this can call the birds to to her without even whistling you know right yeah and I agree I think when they got to Magnolia Street was when the aunts were like oh this is a student student teacher kind of situation but I wrote down Wednesday Adams braids what <laughs> like both <laughs> sisters had the braids thing going on I thought it was adorable have you been watching that new Netflix show I have not I want oh, to it's cute. Uh, I'm waiting for Aaron and I to be able to sit down and watch it together it's adorable we just finished it last night I love it okay it's a yeah. whole season yeah I think like okay. what seven eight episodes something like that Okay. It's a short watch, but it's very cute. I hope, I hope there's a second season and I'm digging it. But to like pounce off of what you were saying about the aunts, like they're so supportive and that like, then this is, this is like the incline. This is like Mm -hmm. the incline of, of Sally, you know, having, having that support system. Like this would be like, this would be like if you had two mothers, two moms, and then you came out as gay as a daughter, like it would be like no big deal. You know, it's their, uh, probably the best people to talk to but Sally's like an eager learner and she's a quick study you know you see it from her blowing the candle on um yeah. and uh she gets excited you know when she when she has that she's excited about magic and and her you know her talent which is really cool um we do kind of see Jillian though being like what about mine you know what yeah. about me and she is a little younger and and then Franny basically saying oh no don't you worry (laughs) it's like they they know jillian they know what's coming up for her yep they know she's gonna be a little seductress that's right that's right right. and i'm wondering if that thing if if michael's death did not happen if kylie and antonia would would have been brought up the same way you know being oh good point being like that yeah so you think michael was the catalyst for or michael's death was the catalyst for sally kind of shutting out her magic yeah yeah and this is before we even get to the the apex and the decline like my question is like was she still practicing like did right michael have known right he's gotta have known if you live in that if you live in that town and there's all that talk about the owens family you can't fall right. in love and marry an Owens woman and not kind of know, like, the scope of things. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And that boy was taking his life. Oh, no. Well, he didn't have a choice. That's the other thing. He didn't have a choice. But he took his life into his own hands. He knows that the husbands die. Yeah. So then his passing, exactly like what you said, like, started that decline of of her not trusting her magic. Her trust is fucking broken by magic. Like, technically not once, but twice. But, um just like we said losing that that virgo mindset of having control and like the mind fuck of like was that the love of my life or just a spell i had two children with this man she yeah. says oh don't tell me that my own flesh and blood was oh, because yeah. of a spell sure the sense of betrayal by her own family was you know what really set her off the deep end mm-hmm. um and she's probably just done with it at that point. Like, she's like, fuck this family. Fuck this. Fuck magic. Fuck being a witch. I don't want to own it because all it's done up to this point is just hurt me and break my heart. So exactly. why? Why bother with magic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what I was saying, like, technically, both of her loves were because of a spell. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, but she... the second, but Gary is her own spell. It is her own spell. And it's like the true love spell. I'm wondering if adult Sally 
would have asked for the same things in a man as little Sally did. They're not really as important. Like the the, the eye color and the pancakes, like pancakes. and the and the song, the whistling yeah. tune. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. He's just Definitely a closeted not. alcoholic that has a gambling <laughs> problem. <laughs> Leave all that shit out. But you know what? Maybe it was like just the nostalgia in and of itself of the spell that she made when she was a little girl that just like holds a place in her heart and whether or not that's all the stuff that she would want in a man today or as an adult sally mm-hmm. um you know i don't think that holds any bearing i think she just saw this nostalgic spell she did when she was a child and it endeared her that she actually found this man that all of this stuff seemed to line up with yeah. so for that at, at that point for her to see her own spell at work and that she does still have this kind of magical thing about her that she can make something like this happen or she manifested this man like now okay magic ain't looking so bad anymore (laughs) (laughs) it only took 20 years for it it was the long the long con (laughs) the long con exactly exactly you're absolutely right i think you're right but um who, who says it? Franny says you can't practice witchcraft while you look down your nose at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listed that here, just um, denying who you are for a long time is no bueno. It's just like pushing grief down, like we talked about in another, in the Sally episode. Yeah, It's it's n- no good for anybody. But I wanted to say when, you know, when, what she's referring to is when they try to bring Jimmy back from the grave and then Jillian gets possessed. I said Jimmy, right? The first time? Bring, Bring Jimmy, Jimmy back from the grave. Yeah, yeah, Jillian yeah. gets possessed. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to say, like, the first time she tries to save Jillian out of this scenario, she goes to the book. Because I think that's what she's been taught. She goes to the Book of Shadows. They try to do a spell. Uh, just because that's how they were brought up. The second yeah. time she goes to save Sally, she goes with her gut. And she uses or her own goes to save Jillian, right? Goes to save Jillian. What did I say? That's Sally. <laughs> when Sally goes to save Jillian... Yeah. Second time in the circle, she uses her gut and intuition uh, and, and empowerment to save her, which I right. think is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! I know. <laughs> Sally, Jilly, this, Jimmy. This set, this episode is a is a doozy. It's a doozy. Telling you, it's a doozy. It's all right. We're getting better. Let's see. What's Did I next? write that? Why was it important for Sally to come out? We kind of touched on just her owning that power and allowing others to see her. Well, well, there's another reason why it was important for Sally to come out. Tell and me. that all comes down to the the girls at the Verbena shop, Carla and Linda. We remember them, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I kind of went off on this whole tangent and this whole rabbit hole. And I watched this scene over and over again. And I picked the, sh- the shit out of it. I just wanted to go down this little, little, um, I wanted to go splunking a little bit. So I noticed some things that maybe you wouldn't notice right off the bat or maybe, you know, wouldn't look this deeply into it. But it is Sagittarius season, so we're going down that rabbit hole. Okay, you yeah. ready? All right. So let's start with Carla. She's played by Chloe Webb. And uh, so, well, first of all, how many of us think that Carla and Linda, the girls at the Verbena apothecary shop who worked for Sally, how many of us think that they were closeted, closeted witches this entire time? 100 percent i mean 100 percent. right carla's the blonde one right yes oh my yeah. god she looks way more witchy than Sally right? does. that's what i'm saying okay so here's here's my whole spiel okay? okay so let's start with carla all right 
So in the scene when Gary comes to town and is questioning all the townspeople, he stops in Sally's shop and he's talking to Carla. And he's asking her questions about the Owens family and the mysterious circumstances surrounding the rumors of witchcraft, um, the d- disappearance of Jimmy, blah, blah, blah. All right. So Carla, if you're listening to the conversations she's having with Gary, she explains to him as if she's done like extensive research. Okay. Okay. And I see what you're saying there. Like so she, 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 she knows. She appears to be very knowledgeable about topics of witchcraft she says to gary which yeah evil no i mean you get your psychos now and then you know animal slaughter ritual human disembowelment but that's really pretty rare see it's a pagan label but sally and then sally walks in so she stops talking yeah but she goes she's definitely not into that stuff yeah so like how does she freaking know all this stuff if she ain't a witch and right? what I had always thought she said was, "It's see, it's a pagan label." And I always thought she said, "It's Sal." Like, like you, she, she is who she is. You know, there's no label for what her family does with this magic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's none of the stuff you're hearing. It's Sally. Right. I always thought that's what she said, but maybe I'm I'm mishearing it. Okay, I just got from that scene that she knows a lot more than we're led to believe that she's just, just she's not just a worker in sally's shop okay she's ritual, like he's set he's exactly she, she ritual knows embowelment she knows way too much so all right you're right you're right <laughs> so then also during sally's coming out scene when she's activating the phone tree Carla was the only one that seems visibly the most excited. Like she's talking on the phone and she goes, I got the best news. Sally just came out. And Linda, the other shop girl, is on the line eating like a, I don't know, like a bonbon or a chocolate or something. Yeah. And and Linda goes, she's on the other end of the phone and she just goes, what a fabulous affirmation. Yeah. Right? But like, hmm. That's it. I wonder why though. Why are these two girls the only girls excited about sally's coming out because when we skip to the next girl on the phone tree that sarah girl that bitch that sally's been fighting with her whole childhood she's like she's like rolling her eyes she's like i don't know like her boyfriend like you know is harassing her or something like that like she seems very annoyed by it yeah whereas like linda and carla are visibly very excited about that this shit is going down right now here's the thing that i've I was getting out of it. Like, it's definitely like a phone tree situation where every every message, every person getting the message. It's a little different. A, it's a little different. Yeah. So yeah. they're just, they're just uh, paraphrasing. I just thought it was, it was like a, a funny dynamic between the shop girls, the girls who really have Sally's back. Yes. And then like the phone tree girls who yes. like, obviously like have shit to say about the owens family all the time like Mm -hmm. as soon as like jilly walks in the room at the phone tree like the eyes start rolling like Mm -hmm. you know what like they just the phone tree girls just seem very annoyed at the the mere presence of an owens woman but then i really need you to listen to that that thing all right it's so fucking funny i'm gonna talk about it on the next episode and we're gonna talk about it for sure um so then uh let's see where did I go? okay so yeah th- so they're visibly excited about it on the phone when the whole phone tree is activated so what does this mean for carla so well first of all sally and the entire owens family have been on this they've been this sort of barter who draw all of the focus of the townspeople away from anyone else in the town who might be quote unquote different um they've been the target of all the ridicule and rejection for so long that it just becomes the norm 
for them at this point. Um, not so much Sally, but the aunts have accepted their place and role in the town as the weirdos. So maybe someone like Carla, who is also a unique spirit, very visibly so, um, she's a, another unique spirit kind of residing in this conservative town. And I think maybe she found comfort in kind of hiding in Sally's shadow or maybe she saw Sally as somewhat of a mentor or guidance figure while she was, or Carla, while she was also navigating through her own internal struggle with kind of being different in this conservative town. Did you have something to add to that little? Yeah, I just written that she she could fly like under the radar and possibly find it easier because of the attention, like exactly what you said, uh, always on the Owens family. Yeah. Um, but even so I, I how could a family of all women in that big beautiful house with like the rumor of witchcraft and dead husbands go unnoticed like even if that island had wasn't named after maria yeah maybe even if there weren't rumors of witchcraft but like just like the family of women in a big old house and their husbands keep dying right you know that's gonna draw the attention of the town of course so of so, course yeah um, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely see that. I just thought it was like funny that Carla, she's just so, she's, which we just said before, like she's visibly so much more witchy than Sally is. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, she kind of like, she works Take for Sally. Seat. She's in Sally's shop. She's taking a back seat. She's obviously very knowledgeable about all this witchcraft stuff as we saw in her conversation with Gary, kind of like on the side. Um, so I'm thinking like she, she knows a lot. She's seen a lot. She's experienced a lot. She's practicing her craft. She's using this job as a shield or a cover up that she's also a witch. And I think the same with Linda as well. Dude, did I tell you I I got a bat, uh, I got a, I got a job at Bath and Body Works. When? Just because, no, no, like ages, ages, ages ago. (laughs) I had a job at Bath and Body Works because of this movie and not recommended. The discount's great, but I'm like, I just wanted to work at a Bath and Body Shop. Right, right. Wasn't awesome. No, I'm sure um, just retail sucks. <laughs> retail sucks. Yeah. Let's let's take a look at Carla's appearance, her physical appearance, okay? She's got bleach blonde crimped hair. She uses like porcupine quills as hairpins. She wears choker necklaces, chunky silver wrist cuffs, and she wears black all the time. Is that not a witch? <laughs> anyway, stereotypically anyway, like that's, you know, what we usually we usually see witchy people they're more likely to express themselves um, in their clothing and their hairstyles and their jewelry, especially. Um, so in one scene, Carla is wearing a crystal point pendant on a long chain. Um, not to mention, she has no problem manhandling that tarantula prior right. to the circle scene at the end. Did you yeah. see her manhandling that shit? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but her entire aesthetic is probably even more edgy or reminiscent of your typical witchy style than Sally. Who puts off more of like an earthy vibe, yet there's all this like talk and hullabaloo about Sally, Sally, Sally the witch, Sally that. I know. You know why? Nobody's looking at Carla. You know why? It's because Sally has pretty privilege. Yeah, you're right. Sally's got pretty privilege. But I wanted to say that I think Carla and Jillian would have a good time together. Oh my God, I want to party with them. I know. (laughs) Sally would be so jealous. Jillian has her ride or die bitch. And I think Uh think Carla and Jillian would have a better time. You're probably right. But Carla is a ride or die bitch. Like even when the the (laughs) sheriff- even when the sheriff came to town, like she was very quick to to put, she was very quick to put away all those rumors. Carla is very clearly expressing herself with her physical appearance, but she stops herself 
If you notice, she stops herself before she catches her saying the word witch when explaining why Sally never gets picked for the phone tree because every knows she everyone knows she's a wit different, right? That's different. what she says in the scene. Um, now this could have been because she didn't want to offend Jillian, who was like she was talking to at the time, and Jillian's you know Sally's sister. And if J- if Sally's a witch, then Jillian's a witch, so she probably didn't want to throw that word in there and you know offend anybody. Exactly. Yeah. And... But maybe it's also because she shudders to say the word out loud because of shame. Oh. Because, like, for a long time, like, if you're in that conservative town, you don't even want to be caught calling yourself a witch or even using exactly. the word witch or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think, so that makes me think of, like, you know how people talk, people talk the talk, but uh-huh. if, if Carla is cool with calling herself a witch, do you think they're like, oh, she's just trying to rope herself in with those Owenses? You know what I mean? Like, for attention? Like, my mind would go to there. You know, people are so petty. People are right. so petty. Yeah, and I had always taken her not saying the word witch as um, she didn't want to out Sally. Um, right, li- right. You know, like any identity. Even though the rest of the towns, people just throw the word around. Like, Carla seems to know Sally on, like, a more personal level She's and respect more her. more sensitive. She's more sensitive to the term and what, mm-hmm. what kind of weight that it carries, I feel mm-hmm. like. Right? She knows when to keep her mouth shut exactly especially because she's talking to her sister i thought she was talking to gary no at this point when she goes because because sally leaves to go to the phone tree and jillian's like where's she going yeah he's like putting on the lotion and then and then um linda goes phone tree day oh no no right carla said phone tree gary yeah or 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 carla goes phone tree day um and then she's like carla feels like she is closer to Sally than Jillian Linda. Oh, or the, yeah. Okay. Um, but you're, I think when you were like, she didn't want to offend Jillian, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think she either didn't want to offend Jillian or in my personal experience, like saying the word witch or using or referring to myself as a witch to other people who might not be too familiar with what the term actually is might be like oh you're a witch like what does that what does that mean like you know there is a certain amount of shame that still comes with that word I feel yeah. like and I still feel like I have to be careful using it around oh, certain yeah. people and I like Jillian obviously is a witch so me so Carla shouldn't feel like a shame using that word around Jillian but I think she 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 wasn't she wasn't holding back because of maybe shame maybe she was holding back because she didn't want to offend but I could I could see it from both sides of the spectrum like for me from my personal experience kind of holding back from using the term because of the negative connotations that still come with the term yeah if she also but if Carla also wasn't owning who she was then maybe just using that term can make her feel uncomfortable because she was also being conditioned by society in that conservative town to associate that word with something negative and if sally wasn't owning who she was then why would carla you know i feel like carla was kind of like waiting for the shoe to drop she was kind of waiting for sally to own who she was so then she could in turn own who she was this brings me back to why carla was so excited when sally finally came out and more importantly why was it important for sally to come out so the answer here is simple so sally has just opened the door for every single cunning folk as alice calls them in uh was it magic lessons cunning the cunning folk so sally opens up the door for every single cunning folk up in that town and by doing so sally made it okay to own calling herself a witch 
and declaring it gave her back her power as we were talking about before and now carla as a result of sally you know owning her own power now carla can finally do the same and not feel like she has to hide it either um so i think her excitement is also synonymous with the relief that she now feels that she now has the permission to follow suit after sally and i feel like sally unknowingly became a role model mentor and leader for all the girls on that island who fell out of place because of natural gifts whether they're part of the phone tree whether they weren't as we saw when they met for the phone tree there were some women who who were expressing their gifts when um the aunts were like there's a little witch in every woman like yeah you know they're kind of just reiterating that you know we all have something special about yeah. us whether you call yourself a witch or not and whether you want to own those gifts or not we all have that kind of intuitive um I guess motherly maternal instinct and ability. Well, we're all synced up, man. We are right. all connected. Me and you are synced up this month. <laughs> I know. But as you know, I, and this is not to negate the the power of the masculine because I fully believe in in the power of the masculine, but like right. you Balance. as a woman share so your your eggs as a baby are are linked with in the womb your mother's eggs that are linked with her grandmother. Like there are three generations of the genetics. Like right. how how can you explain not having some kind of connection with, right. with mother nature, with each other? I know what you're getting at. I've heard of that study before. And I also think that they said that there was, that the trauma that your grandmother was experiencing, that trauma is passed on through the womb. Exactly. So even though you didn't live through maybe you didn't live maybe your grandmother is still with you but maybe you never met your grandmother but even if you weren't on the earth as a saint at the same time as your grandmother you still somehow you you still have her trauma and all the stuff that she experienced when she was on the earth exactly so that's general the generational generational trauma right that's what they call it so go um, listen to that popcorn psychology episode about practical magic. It's all oh, about generational trauma. That's a great episode. It's we so need to good. talk about it. Um, so my my thought about Carla real quick is that she, you know, she's just being that super supportive friend. I'm yeah. not sure if she had her own self-interest in mind. Like truly, I think that you're right about Sally being a role model in the town. Uh, just because they have that like historical presence. The island is named after their ancestor and she also has pretty privilege. But yeah. um, but never denying that inner light, I think is what Carla is all about. Because Carla is seems to be a little more okay with exhibiting her big capital D differences, her right, different right, size. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I also kind of have a little feeling that uh, Carla might not even be from that island originally. I think you're probably right. I think it, it, because it, she doesn't seem to have grown up maybe with that same com- competitiveness as like Sarah and the other phone tree ladies right. do. Right. Um, so that was just my thought. Yeah. I think I, I have a little section at the bottom here, which um kind of, it kind of speculates. Like I wanted to do a little speculating about how we actually thought the girls met oh, that worked okay. in the verbena. Let's do it. Stop. But before we get to that, let's talk about Linda real quick because she also kind of plays a whole little part in this. Um, I guess the coming Triad. out of the uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Linda, the other girl in the shop, who's played by Margot Martindale, um, she is. I think she was also a closeted witch. 
her her physical appearance was not as visually forward as Carla's. However, if you notice when the phone tree convenes in the aunt's kitchen prior to the broom circle scene, uh, we see Carla and Linda over the kitchen island. And they're the only ones that are interacting with any of the witchy items on the table. Did you ever notice that? I noticed Carla shake like with the tarantula in the jar. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't notice the thing you have about Linda. So, yes, so Carla, while Carla's playing with the tarantula, Linda can be seen playing with the pendulum. Did you ever notice she has a pendulum in that scene? I didn't. She's got a pendulum, and when the camera pans out, Linda can be seen dangling the pendulum over Carla's palm, which is faced upward. Wow. As if they were used to playing around with each other's energy. Like, they knew, they knew what they were doing with these magical tools. So this was not Carla or Linda's first rodeo. And not to mention Linda's admission about, remember when she was like, she could hear her daughter crying all the way across town when mm-hmm. she says that to the group. And then Aunt Jet's like, there's a little witch in all of us or every mm-hmm. woman. Um, Carla is clearly at one with nature with her porcupine quills and zero fear of gigantic hairy spiders. But Linda is super in tune, if you notice. She's super in tune with all the Claire's. Yeah. The energy work, her intuitive abilities, Linda's witchiness isn't as forefront visually as Carla's is. But if you notice, like, those little hints in the movie, like, she's also 100% a witch. I like that they're like, this is not our first exorcism. Yeah, 100% <laughs> we got you, girl. not. <laughs> yeah. And if you notice, like, when they roll up to the, like, the, um, I guess the house and mm. uh, Carla, she, she, pulls up in the car and she's like kind of like skipping up to the path with with uh kylie and antonia with that broom and did you see the broom she had the broom she had looked like she had it for centuries like where did that come from she knows what she's doing you didn't bring no house cleaning broom from costco i'll tell you that no 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 she made that broom (laughs) so i'm thinking hands down carla and linda are witches count them but sidebar okay so we'll go back to what we were what we were starting to talk about before i'm curious to know how the friendship formed between sally and the ladies who worked at her shop do you think sally hired them like first and then formed the friendship with them after as a result of being colleagues or do you think that had some sort of like trusted friendship prior to sally opening her shop and she just they just kind of had some sort of unspoken knowledge about each other's like quote-unquote gifts because I feel like witches kind of know when they're in the presence of each other. Hmm. Um, so I'm wondering if the shop ladies were sort of this silent support for Sally through the years, even prior pr- even prior to working at the shop. Like maybe they met in college. If Sally, I don't even think Sally went to college, right? She just stayed in town. So like, I don't know how they kind of would have met. I think that from, because they know what the phone tree is. We don't see them at the meeting, but Marlon right. Martindale's character, Linda, has kids. So I don't know if they go to that school or not, but let's just say they meet in the phone tree, a a PTA meeting. And maybe because Carla is a little different, like her and Sally kind of like sit next to each other. You know how you just attract the different, you know, the the people who are most like you. Right. So I have a feeling that she knew the ladies from the phone tree. Um, The thing with Michael happened. And then Jillian comes and is like, get your shit together. And she opens opens the shop and then i think she confides in them like hey do you want a job like do you yeah. want to yeah like maybe because those are the only two people right besides her family that she can call on right i don't know if Car- carla i don't think carla has kids i don't think anything's mentioned about her having kids mm-hmm. in the film linda we know has a daughter because she said she could hear her crying across town right 
So maybe maybe her and Linda met at some sort of phone tree because Linda wasn't in the phone tree when we saw her in that meeting, right? She was only a worker in Sally's shop. So maybe mm-hmm. at some point, maybe their kids had some other kind of extracurricular activities that they kind of met through that because if Here's she's not at the thought. phone tree. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. What if, do they say Linda's last name? I think they do. Say, like, I, my thought went to what if Linda Bennett, is Michael's. Right? What if Linda is Michael's sister? <gasps> Wouldn't that be sad? Well, Michael's last name was Bailey, Bailey. right? I know. I, I know. And Linda's last name is Bennett, which is pretty close. Could be married because she's got a kid. Was she the one in the in the beginning that's like, Michael, watch out. I thought she was. That's I, not her? But now I'm looking back. I got to go watch it. I don't think that's her. I think it's another brunette. Okay. It looked but like her. It did look like her. But that yeah. would be interesting. What if that was his sister? The only thing I want to say about the two is um, I think they're they're amazing friends um, without, like I said, like the self-interest. I just think all of the phone tree women are playing a part. Nobody is being themselves. No, everybody is striving for that Stafford perfect life and playing that role like, in their own lives. So in the case, you know, yes, when Stanley stops playing their game um, and stops trying to be normal and fit in and she finally yeah. comes out, that's when the others stop to and let um you know they put the game pieces aside and and come together and that's when they start sharing like those intricacies those synchronicities those sorry just hit my mic those special things that they're like oh i do that too i didn't know other people did that too because i was too busy playing the game (laughs) yeah yeah too busy getting all caught up in the in the drama of the town Yeah. yeah yeah Um, but whether you call yourself a witch or not, like we all have those special things about ourselves, those intuitive abilities, those weird synchronistic things that happen that can't be explained. That happens to all of us, whether you think it's magic, whether you think it's just coincidence, what, whatever you chalk it up to be, it doesn't matter. We it's can all special. agree. We can all agree on one thing that absolutely it's special and it's unexplainable. And that's what makes it, I guess, magical in essence, you know? That's right. And that's life. Yeah, man. So I didn't mean to I don't mean to come off before as saying that Carla had any kind of self-interest if that's what it if that's what I made it sound like. I just was saying that maybe Carla, she saw how Sally was kind of being ostracized. So she kind of like didn't kind of like make her make her voice known about who she was as well, even though she was very visibly like <laughs> witchy as fuck. Yeah. Um. So she kind of like just like downplayed it a little bit until Sally came out and i think that's why she got so excited because she saw it as this like kind of opening for her to be herself at that point too yeah so i see that i just thought that was an interesting dynamic but i think those both of those shop girls are witchy as hell (laughs) and and you don't really notice it unless you're really paying attention yeah that's so funny i agree yeah yeah all right so we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're going to do a card pull from the inner witch oracle and then we have a few articles on some baby steps you can take to ease your own broom closet exiting process we'll be right back you're listening to the magnolia street podcast dude i want to show you the. so remember that um diffuser i was showing you this is what it goes into is that okay. a crystal in there inside? It's it's the diffuser that's inside. So right now I have tea in, in, in oh, that it's diffuser. Oh, diffuser. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I've seen uh, water bottles like that that have the crystals inside. Yeah. No crystals. Yeah. <laughs> no crystals. I made... um. 
Dude, we're going to see how this second part goes. Cause I was like, oh my God, my stomach's in knots. So I put Valerian in here to try to like calm that down. And hopefully within the hour it takes us to do, to do the rest of this, I'll be ch chilled out. But either you're going to be really mellow or you're just going to fall the fuck asleep. We'll see. I know it's going to be entertaining, but I wanted to say, I like not sponsored whatsoever, but if you can check out sky clad apothecary, dude, their Valerian. Did I tell you this already? Doesn't smell like, I don't know how she dehydrates it or whatever. It's okay. sweet. It smells sweet. It doesn't smell like ass or feet. It smells. Does it really usually good. smell like ass and feet? Yes. It's, it smells disgusting. Oh, okay. Valerian smells really gross, but letting that diffuse. Also, I want to say right now, six hours later, this has been, uh, um, time let's do the time warp again midnight yeah. double feature <laughs> yeah um, i love that movie but the fog has rolled in and uh -huh. i'm like aaron look how cool it looks outside he was like this is that civil war ghost kind of weather <laughs> oh, I and it was funny until i had to go outside and bring the dog out and close up the cold frame and then i'm like i don't want no like jebediah coming at me from the woods <laughs> did you ever see abraham lincoln vampire hunter no, no. I'll fucking watch that shit. Okay. It's it sounds like it should be horrible, but it's actually a really good movie. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't should know. We just thought to mix Abraham Lincoln and vampires, but it works. Should we start a thread of all the stuff we're like, you should watch that, put it on the Discord. <laughs> so yeah, we have yeah. a list and we won't forget. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. By the way, I listened to um we we could just touch on this briefly and talk about it in another maybe bonus episode, but okay. I actually ended up listening to that episode today that Cunning Kelt was telling us about that you originally had in your notes for today. And I was like, let's talk about it on another episode because I didn't listen to it yet, but then I listened to it today. So we could talk about it if you want. <laughs> I am so grateful that they sent that to us because it was uh -huh. so fucking funny. So the podcast is called right. The Villain Was Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they discuss like just from the villain's perspective how how the story went down, and yeah. oh my gosh, this podcast has made me look at this movie in a whole different light. Right. I'm like, I was so naive. Yes, you know, to look yeah. at the movie from just this point of view and be like right. so romantic, nostalgic. But no, they were right. <laughs> we're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when you're when you start watching the movie when you're a teenager. It kind of grow you grow up with it and like you kind of overlook certain things that yes probably make you question more than you do yes because they're lit as like the good people the heroes the underdog right they're, they're like yeah they're the protagonist of the film so yeah definitely but going back to like everything that they were talking about on that episode one of the things was like uh with the aunts and their moral compass <laughs> they have no moral compass at they have all zero moral compass they're just for hire really dude yeah, yeah let's talk about this in like a bonus we could just yeah. talk about every a aspect and i don't want to rip it off or anything but it's too fucking funny not we're to not talk gonna about. rip it off because we're gonna literally quote them in every every hilarious thing that they said on that on that episode because right. it was <laughs> I was like pissing my pants the whole way to work. And I'm like Marco and you like, oh my God, this shit is so funny. <laughs> so thank you, Cunning Kelt, for um setting it's that our way. Yeah. yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. And uh, also I do want to mention that there were more than one uh villain in in their episode, right? They had Jimmy. You think then, it's gonna be the one. It's not just right, the one. Right. But then they label the entire town as the villain <laughs> right but the entire town is the villain but who was in the right the whole time right. like they had 
they had all rights reserved too, not right. like this family. And you know what I liked about that episode? They wow. question a lot of the things that we also questioned in one of our previous episodes. Um, like was it the was it the curse? Was it just death? Was it chicken pox? Or was it just the kid running like uh youth in the nineties running its course? Like yeah, because every I kid had the chicken the 90s, pox. Yeah, so did, did you? I. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the only person I know who didn't get it was my freaking brother because he had he had the vaccine. Wow! Welcome back. I think we have a card pull to do. We do. Which uh, Oracle by Grounded by the Moon, who has just been like the sweetest thing. We get to interact with them on Instagram and Facebook, and TikTok also, now, and TikTok now. So yeah. thank you very much for uh giving us this beautiful piece of artwork to to enjoy and share with others google over it every single week so <laughs> you know what they told me that the rose card the, their uh description and inspiration for the rose card was sally did they, they commented that on a tiktok video i think i saw that on the tiktok yeah isn't that cool video. because we uh-huh. pulled that i think the episode before the um which fashion episode i think okay okay mm-hmm. right can you hear that all right cool all right so we're gonna pull a card i guess christina if you want to tell me hold on let me get another shuffle going tell me when to stop stop okay so we got, we got the new moon the new moon, new moon. okay the okay. new moon um so this is all about new beginnings so let's see what Grounded by the Moon's got to say about new beginnings. So, all right. So this card is all about new beginnings. And the other keyword is the darkness. Because the new moon is the point where the the moon is like not visible in the sky, right? I believe in color. Just as the rhythm of my heart. (laughs) I bet you you could hit that note that he does. I can. Oh, God damn. I've sung it with bands before, like covering that Whoa, song. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's one of my favorite songs to cover. I freaking love it. Um, This says, you are ready for this. Allow yourself to give into this newfound <gasps> energy and embrace it. God damn did it. That, did you just have an aha moment? That's wonderful. No, like like coming out of the broom closet, like you're ready to do this. Dude, did we Every not time. have- have we not said this on like a previous podcast? Every card I feel like we've picked has been, perfect, has been perfect for the episode we pick it for. It's crazy, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they do this. I don't know how it happens. But yeah, so um, give into this newfound energy and embrace it. New beginnings tend to bring about needed changes. Letting what we no longer need dissipate and vanish from our lives. Now is your time. Your new beginning is right before you. The new moon tells you that now is the time to confront issues and begin your new path. The new moon also brings with it illumination, highlighting and bringing into focus that which we are hiding from ourselves. New moons often symbolize and encourage new beginnings. Use this card during the new moon cycle and readings to harness its energy. And the mantra is, I am ready for and embrace the new. So that's just God damn it. That's good. That hit the nail on the head for this episode, did it not? That is fucking awesome. Is there a spell work that goes along with this one? No, that that was it. It just said use the card during the new moon cycle and and your readings to harness its energy. Very, Um, very nice. We are heading right now into that full moon. Manana, Gemini. Yeah. Watch out. Good thing we're doing this today. <laughs> you sent me something what the other day where it was like Sagittarius and Gemini, right? Yeah. So it was gonna go down and we're like, oh god, what the fuck does this mean? You know, you know what though? Fire sign 
an air sign. You know who else is fire sign and air sign? Charlie and Macy. You know who ah. else is fire sign and air sign? Two Geminis and a Leo. I'm just oh, saying. Shit. I'm sure there's more, but like I fan, I fan you. Can't wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. What are what are uh, Jack Black and Kyle Gas? I need to know. <laughs> oh god. Jack um, Black's birthday. He's August a twenty eighth. Ah. Uh, yeah. All right. That kills our that kills our theory. So just forget yeah. everything. <laughs> Maybe Rage Cage birthday will come up Rage first. Cage. He's a Cancer. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That a just Virgo and a Cancer with their dynamic. Holy cow! That completely killed our theory. <laughs> 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 like oh yeah uh fire and air and they're just like earth and water all right yeah. fuck up fine <laughs> it's all anyway. good thank you all for sticking around we have a few different articles we want to hit up uh in regard to whether or not you decide to come out of the broom closet uh so i think we're gonna start with an article from moody moons all right. So, yes. Yeah, so this is basically an article, I guess, kind of giving you advice. It, like once you decide to make the decision to come out of the broom closet, because it, it it is, you know, it's a heavy decision. Like you don't really know how people in your life are going to react to mm-hmm. your your lifestyle choices. Um, so it's kind of not tiptoeing on around eggshells, but like, you know, you, I like that saying tiptoeing around the eggshells. Not not on them, around them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that much more. That's that's a Justinaism. I didn't quite hit it right, but that's <laughs> what I said. I said what I said, and I'm sticking to it. That's so right. it says secrecy is a practice among many pagan, pagans, witches, and craft practitioners. Witchcraft stereotypes or stigmas often lead people to perceive us as untrustworthy or sinister, which is why many of us choose to remain behind closed doors in order to avoid those uncomfortable moments. And I'm going to sidebar right now. I think this has, this is probably attributed to Hollywood. So thanks Hollywood for, yeah, 100%. for painting us in this light, right? Yeah. Um. So hereditary witches are sometimes encouraged to keep it hidden by their family members. Isn't it possible that we are worried about nothing sometimes? Here are some helpful things to think about if you decide that silence isn't for you, or if you wonder whether you should be a witch in the public eye. It's totally up to you, so it's not obligatory for you to share how you view the universe with anyone. In that vein, you're also not obligated to wear on your t-shirt. Being public has its pros and its cons. Being private has its pros and its cons. So weigh what those are for you personally and make a decision that's best for you. Do you have to inter- do you want to interject with anything here? I will say that when I did that like six things I wish I would have known about being a newbie witch was like one of the big things is you don't have to dress a certain way. Right. You mm-hmm. don't have to blast it. You don't have to put it on a billboard. You don't have to wear any jewelry that says any of that. Right. You know, it can be really personal or, you know, if you are that are that more flamboyant person and you you're feeling brave, absolutely, but I think we go on to say be prepared for questions. Yeah. So basically say. you could be Sally or you could be Carla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you exactly. can choose what's what's right for you. So also language. Use whatever language you feel most helpful to foster understanding. If you plan an actual sit-down conversation with someone, it helps to know your audience. Perhaps your Irish grandmother won't understand the word Wicca, but she might mm-hmm. appreciate that you honor your heritage by celebrating Celtic holidays that she remembers from girlhood. And I also want to interject here for a minute. Um, my wedding was not a Catholic wedding. It was not, you know, any, it was not religion in any sense. We honored the elements. We did hand fasting. We did, you know, pagan, some pagan tradition stuff, but a lot of my family members are Catholic and Christian. We didn't 
announce that this is a pagan ceremony like we didn't like feel like we had to put it on a flag we mm-hmm. kind of just like subtly slipped it in there and you know what we got a lot of compliments on it from there you go from, from you know our predominantly catholic and christian and hindu family members so that's amazing so yeah um and you know it, it just it's the intent you know it if it comes from a place of love you could just you you could feel the love in the room when you know yeah. we we had our wedding ceremony and i think that's the feeling that we can that we really conveyed to everybody who was there to witness our ceremony and that's that's the feeling that we take away from it like you know we didn't feel like we had to like parade around like this is these are our beliefs and like you know i don't feel like it always has to be said you know right so. and they're they're there to support you exactly. and your union exactly. and if they're going to say something about the ceremony shame on them right exactly most of them i don't know how your wedding was most of them are there for the open bar i'm just saying right 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 right. exactly 100 true yeah um so okay so this next uh bullet point on this list it says maybe you know the word witchcraft will make your monotheistic sister cringe but holistic medicine or natural home remedies feels more familiar to her (laughs) it's so crazy like how just the wording could make a people make people feel a certain way you know just like aromatherapy yeah. you know doTERRA yeah. right. that is doTERRA. so well known <laughs> did i did i tell you i'm a doTERRA member oh yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and it's funny one of one of my aunts she's like the biggest um uh, christian like she used to she was one of those aunts that used to like pray for me over my head when i was sick as a child she would just wow. like pray name i pray that you you're healed whatever love wow. her to death but you know, she could say something sometimes, and I'm just like, "Whoo, you crazy!" <laughs> uh, but but she's she, she's into a, like the um, homeopathic remedies. She she's the one that actually one of the people who got me into DoTerra. So I'm like, "You're a witch." Yeah. <laughs> so or maybe you just want to explain your tradition to your mother enough for her to feel comfortable at your first child's baby baby's blessing. Uh, whatever your approach is, finding the words your loved one relates to the most often goes a long way. And I truly oh, awesome. That. Yeah. Could you hear uh, my stomach just then? I really hope not. <laughs> Dude, I need to go add some honey to this tea because it got yeah. so strong. Did you see me struggling? Yeah, yeah. I was taking the diffuser out because I was like, oh, oh, whoa. I'll be right back. Digestive distress. Okay. All right. <laughs> the next thing Moody Mood has to say, Moody Moon has to say is expect to be shocked by just how much no one really cares. And I can <laughs> attest to this because uh, we'll talk about it a little later about me coming out to some people and they were like, I don't fucking give a shit. Okay. So no matter how conservative, rigid, or deeply religious you think your friends and family are, don't assume they will begrudge you. Um, they, Moody Moods goes on to say that they have a christian jewish hindu and muslim they have muslim family and friends and none of them have ever cared uh where they pray or how or to whom so of course expectations to any rule exists most reasonable people recognize that your spiritual life as an adult is your business which that i i definitely agree with you are an adult now you know you're not under someone's roof Right. Just don't hurt anybody, you know? So let them surprise you. Uh, If your loved one responds with, I don't believe in that stuff, um, you don't need to convince them. Like they're kind of already in that. If they have questions, go for it. You know, answer to the best of your ability. 
But um, simply say, uh, it's not important to me that you believe what I believe. It's important to me that you respect my right to choose my faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, there right. you go. Um, so watch for the curveball, which is curiosity, right? Yeah. So um, Moody, is it Moody Mood or Moody Moon? Moody Moon. I keep fumbling Moody, over the name. Moody Moon. Sailor Moon says. <laughs> Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah, Moody Moon Keith, says. Keith Moon. Keith Moon says. In my experience, curiosity is actually the most likely response, but it still surprises me every time. Rather than reacting negatively to your disclosure, much of the time people express genuine curiosity. If they do, take the opportunity to dispel common myths about witchcraft and encourage a properly respectful, honest discussion. And um, some of these myths are listed below. So the first one is the first myth is that witchcraft includes or is somehow related to devil worship right and again i think this is you know this has been a thing that has been made by hollywood i feel like um they don't really do us any favors as far as (laughs) pinning us in a good light concerns but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so the concept of the devil as western society understands is it emerged mostly from monotheistic abrahamic religions like christianity and islam belief in the devil as an opponent of the god of abraham remains a tenant of many faiths and as non-christian um moody moon says i absolutely respect that however most modern practitioners of witchcraft do not acknowledge a satanic being at all There are some exceptions, which is a blended traditions wherein Christian influence imprinted the concept of the devil or those who identify as quote unquote Christian witches may recognize an oppositional being known as quote unquote the devil. Most mainstream Christians recognize the devil as an entity also, um, but that doesn't mean that they worship him. Mm-hmm. Although Christian thought leaders throughout history sometimes labeled pagan gods as the manifestation of the devil, this approach largely aimed to discredit indigenous religious practices and encourage pagan populations to turn towards monotheism. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in our, was it the brooms lore that we did that episode? We talk a lot about like everybody was in cahoots with the devil. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Agus, uh, what's her name? Kettler, Alice Kettler. Oh, Kettler. Just just sweeping, sweeping, probably do, trying to do her neighbor a favor, sweeping right. the front porch, and then she's convicted of witchcraft, sweeping the luck away from the said person, you know? If you, look, if you looked at somebody the wrong way back then, like, it was, you were a witch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so myth number two, we have Wicca and witchcraft are the same thing. So many non-practitioners use the word Wicca and witchcraft pretty interchangeably. Because Wicca enjoys relatively high popularity in the Western world, it's easy to understand the confusion. However, witchcraft is the blanket term, that umbrella term we've said before. Um, And under it, we find Wicca along with a whole host of other practices, along with Afro-Caribbean traditions, Celtic traditions, Central American traditions, and many indigenous practices around the world. To further add to that confusion, some Wiccans don't practice witchcraft at all. Spellcasting is merely one one component of many, including the honoring of the moon cycles, natural living practices, and the wheel of the year, which I kind of fall into. I don't label myself a Wiccan, but I yeah. consider myself a witch. Yeah, I wouldn't, I would not necessarily label myself a Wiccan by any, any means. Right, right, right. Um, I feel like Wiccan, Wicca is more like, more like a set up, like, I guess a religion, right? They have more kind of structure? like, not rules, but more struck, more of a structure in place. A whereas dogma? Like, yeah 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 exactly um whereas 
paganism is more of like that blanket term that kind of like all encompassing like eclectic kind of like taking from different um different traditions that kind of like resonate with you to kind of form your own set of beliefs it's not really dictated by like any one specific like i don't know god or goddess or like and pagans do worship god or gods and god different ones too i don't Mm -hmm honor any gods but i will maybe focus on some of their aspects or characteristics when i need to you know talking about a pop pantheon um if you have time look into that i think i did a video a long time ago but um you know respectfully pulling from those energies to uh exude what you need or kind of get um you're working across, I guess. Right, right. And I just want to say, like, when I was younger, I was so much more into spell work. I thought it was like, you know, it was cool. It was dark. It was mysterious. It made me feel powerful. Like, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I grew up watching those movies where like a lot of those witches were just doing spell work. Mm -hmm. But as an adult, as an adult coming to my own, I'm more... I feel like I'm I'm I do a lot less spell work now, but now I'm more seasonally focused and I'm more in tune with the sure. wheel of the, the wheel of the year and gardening and just being in flow with the season changes. Like I it's feel like so that's, important. That's more of like the witch I am now today. I don't That's do why we lot- jive. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And like me and Christina are always like, What are you doing in your garden today? What are you yeah. planting today? Like we're such yeah. old that's good like we're just gonna be jet and francis one day you realize that right no no moral compass <laughs> moral compass we're just gonna be witches for hire yep <laughs> i'm not saying i'm just saying not saying and sorry not sorry so <laughs> oh my god it's too funny um so myth number three typical christians don't practice witchcraft um <laughs> this says well they may not call it that but i would during a tra- <laughs> mass the priest is said to turn wine into the blood of christ and bread into witchcraft his is it not freaking witchcraft oh my god witchcraft. that's so freaking witchy and that sounds even like a little satanic <laughs> like from like from like a hollywood perspective like you know like like Dude, the blood I, sacrifice that's so freaking like uh, i used to, to be uh i used to be an altar server did you and I think it was, I think I just, um, I was talked into it because A, they didn't have anybody else to do the Croatian masses, but B, I was really good at lighting the candles Wait. with that long thing. You're supposed to light all the candles like on the Why? altar. Why are you so good at it? Because I was a witch. <laughs> and you had on your leather pants. That's right. Underneath whatever Church. that thing was we had to wear. But it was so, you know, it is so ritualized yeah. and even seeing behind the mask, you know, behind yeah the sanctuary like how to light the incense and all of the like reverence everything is supposed to have and like how you handle the goblet of blood differently yeah yeah than the wine so freaking witchy man um so it says for some this transition is meant to be symbolic many christian traditions even interpret interpret this transformation literally Either way, many practicing witches would akin this and other common mainstream Christian traditions to spellcraft or at least magical ritualism. Birthday candles. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what, yeah, you're, it's, uh, what's it called? Um, what, 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 what's the secret? Attra- law of attraction. attraction. Law yeah. of attraction. Yeah. Law of attraction. That's basically what blowing out birthday candles and making a wish is, right? It's just law mm-hmm. of attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says, uh, this comparison is not intended to offend Christians, but to point out that, uh, to point out that what practicing witches do really isn't that different, at least in form than what they do, you know, on the day to day. Um, 
It says, we use ritual as a means to commune with the divine and spellcraft as a means to express ourselves to a higher power. We sometimes even use the words spell and prayer interchangeably. For sure. Yeah. If you're a Christian and you'd rather not define your traditions as witchcraft, this uh, Moody Mood says, I mean, no disrespect, but if you're asking me what I call witchcraft, I personally don't see a whole lot of difference between saying the rosary and chanting over an altar. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. It's the same thing. It's just like you're you're putting out your smoke signal into the universe or to a God, whatever it is, you you are expecting a higher power to grant you, you know, your wish or your prayer, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you are asking for something in exchange for you honoring whatever it is that you're honoring. For sure. Yep. Yeah. So myth number four is that witchcraft is an ancient religion. So this witchcraft is an ancient practice. Okay. There's the distinction, not a religion. The earliest cave dwellers left behind artifacts of shamanistic witchcraft. Um, If you you could see, um, they link the sorcerer, it's a cave art piece. uh, And we'll link that also uh, as a solid example. And it absolutely qualifies as a universal archetype. So I have the article open and basically the um, the sorcerer, I'm looking at this sketch. It's called the sketch of rules drawing. It looks like a deer. So it says, the sorcerer is one name for an enigmatic cave painting found in a cavern known as a sanctuary at the cave of the Tuafrelach. Cleopatra. Cleopatra made around 13,000 BCE. The figure significant is unknown, but it is usually interpreted as some kind of great spirit or master of animals. And that's so fucking weird. Christina, have I not Mm. been telling you that I've been seeing bucks everywhere? They just been jumping out in front of my car left and right. Still? That's wild. Dude, I, I probably see at least like one a week, one or two a week. Um, so it says the unusual nature of the sanctuary's decoration may also reflect the practice of magical ceremonies in the chamber. Um, in his sketches of the cave art, Henry Rule drew a horned humanoid torso and the publication of this drawing in the 1920s um, and influenced the subsequent theories about the figure. However, Brule's sketch has also come under criticism in recent years. A single prominent human figure is unusual in the cave paintings of the Upper Paleolithic, where the great majority of representations are of animals. Interesting. Um, this, is a whole rabbit, this is a whole rabbit hole. I don't know wow. how much you want to read. Okay, okay. We'll link it. We'll link it below for sure. One one last thing. I just want to like the the drawing itself. There's just a little blurb here. So Henry Brule, the the artist of this drawing, asserted that the cave painting represented a shaman or a magician, an interpretation which gives the image its name and describe the image he drew in these terms. Um, mm-hmm. And Mark Murray, having seen the published drawing called Rule's Image, um, said the first depiction of a deity of Earth um, is an idea which Rule and others later adopted. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit. So basically that drawing, the cave drawing, is supposed to be a depiction of a shaman or a magician. So that's pretty interesting. Beautiful. That's really cool. All right. So if we accept Wikipedia's eloquently yet simplistic definition of witchcraft, witchcraft as quote-unquote broadly the practice of and belief in magical skills and abilities exercised by solitary practitioners and groups then all known cultures practiced some form of witchcraft at one time okay so your ancestors were witches your ancestors were witches we all have descended from some kind of witchcraft or some kind of folk 
magic or belief or superstition. And then that brings it back to the myth that witchcraft is not an ancient religion. It's an ancient practice. It's a practice, but yes. Even even the Bible recognizes humanity's ancient roots in witchcraft. But like witchcraft isn't a religion at all. It's components of various religions and many religions that acknowledge openly uh, their use of witchcraft are actually quite modern, including and perhaps especially Wicca. Um, so myth five, if you let your kids spend time with pagan children, they may be converted or enticed into practicing witchcraft. That is the most <laughs> ridiculous freaking thing I have ever yeah. heard. But I'm going to tell you the truth. If I had a pagan or witchy friend growing up, like sooner than I already did, for sure, I would have fallen in faster, you know, head first. <laughs> Christina's like, okay, so I'm a prime candidate for it's being for converted me. into a cult. It's for me. It's for me. <laughs> so in a broad sense, but with a few major exceptions like Buddhism, what's pros prosel proselytism? What's that? Pros proselytism, like to go pros prostatize uh, Mormonism, perhaps? Let me look it up. I've never heard of that term. Proselytism or enticed conversion is a feature unique to or at least most frequently employed by monotheism. So for cultural as well as theological reasons, a, monothe a monotheistic child is actually much more likely to try to convert a pagan child than the other way around. And I have to agree with that. Yeah. How many yeah. how many people of the church have have come out of the woodwork trying to get you to come to Jesus? Oh, all, all the time. Right? All, all the time. time all the time proselytism um, is the policy of attempting to convert people's religions or political beliefs it's right, illegal so, in some countries i wish it were illegal here how yeah. many Jehovah's witnesses come knocking at your door and i'm just like can you please freaking leave uh, i'm like do y'all need some bottles of water or hand warmers <laughs> you're too nice christina i'm just like get off my lawn i'm really clint eastwood about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah really um, or, you know, I just hang, hang the, uh, the, the star on your door and keep them away. Yeah. Away real fast. I'm surprised your witch's broom doesn't keep them away. That's what I say. My evil eye. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have that out on my porch and I've had Jehovah's witnesses knock up on my door before. I don't, I don't even answer it. I'm just like, <laughs> go away. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. So basically it's saying that it's much more likely for a monotheistic child to try to convert a pagan child than the other way around um and this author goes on to say i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that i'm just saying that's generally not how we roll and that's true like i've never seen a pagan person try and convert anybody into what they were doing we usually kind of like keep to ourselves and do our thing we don't expect anybody to believe in what we do or to you know be on board but mm -hmm. yeah it's most of the time we're not surprised and right, right. we're like i don't want to yeah. be a part of this oh exactly. i get it i get it yeah, I feel like that's why a lot of the time, I feel like that's why a lot of um, witches are solitary practitioners because we are so, not that like we're introverted, but like we've just dealt with so much of society's bullshit. We're kind of like, it's kind of like our sacred space to kind of um, yeah. just be ourselves and connect with spirit on our own, at our own accord, you know? Um, yeah. And not have to kind of adhere to anybody else's time frame or expectations of what that looks like. Yeah. I think if you're lucky enough to come up in a family that doesn't pertain to any one religion, then you're it's easier to branch out and learn about different religions. But like just from my point of view, coming from a Catholic household, there's a lot of distrust with what you're told. So when you personally, when you know you branch out, 
then you're doing your own research and looking up your your own information. And of course, know what what sources you're getting it from. The it should be like witchcraft path of learning. You're always always learning and trusting in yourself. Um, no, but I get what you're saying though. Like because I also grew up in a Catholic uh, Christian household, and. Again, like I, I had to do a lot of my own research. Like once I started, you know, getting into my path and going down that path, like, like I said, I was in the library a lot and I was taking out books a lot and I would bring home books on talismans, candle magic, like mm -hmm. anything I could get my hands on astrology, um, the elements, like literally anything. I think it also gives you a better sense of, of other people's choices and like paths in life because yeah. even from the pagan side since we said before it does it's not just witchcraft wicca it's afro-american traditions celtic religions central american like all those different flavors and cultures are so exciting you know and yeah. and not appropriating them but being knowledgeable about them you get to talk to so many more people and just i love being able to to learn their experiences within and their I different religions yeah, and I feel like that's like that's what I love about paganism is it's just like a melting pot of different cultures and and traditions and yeah. practices and I think it's just it's just beautiful to be able to take a little bit of knowledge from each area or avenue mm -hmm. that you come across because it just mm -hmm. makes you more of a well-rounded individual in which so the, anyway, so going back to the, the the myth about letting kids spend time with pagan children, um, worrying about whether or not they'll be converted. So um, this this author goes on to say, your kid might end up doing scary things with his pagan friend, like stop playing video games for a half hour to go watch the stars <laughs> or learn oh. how to compost properly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, that's cute. It says, but spellcasting? Probably not, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think any kid is, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if you want to consider playing with mud pies and making potions out of dirt and twigs and leaves, I mean that maybe that's considered spellcasting. But you know what? It also is using your freaking imagination. And what could what right. kid is not doing that already? You know, what kid has not made a fairy garden? Right. Right. Let me ask you, which is, in my opinion, a little dangerous. But parents let them do it all the time. <laughs> I just hope they don't let them play by any. Um, what are they? Not the rowan hawthorn. Tree. The hawthorn tree is yeah. getting kidnapped into the fairy realm yeah yeah so this is pagan parents usually feel a sensitivity as a community to non-pagan parents and we recognize that you may not appreciate us exposing your child to our beliefs um we generally don't even assume it's okay to conduct a ritual with a pagan child who isn't ours yeah. we have no central doctrine our traditions can be extremely personalized varying widely from family to family even with the same coven or group therefore we usually don't assume what's okay for our family is okay for someone else but if you have any doubts a simple we're happy to send little jimmy to your house just please avoid any spiritual topics <laughs> as we prefer to discuss those things with him ourselves it will most certainly go over just fine and get the point across effectively and yeah, lastly yeah. and most importantly it's not cool to exclude kids because of their parents religious or spiritual beliefs no matter how much you disagree with them so don't just don't be a dick be cool just be cool be cool <laughs> they're children uh -huh. their little brains are just mush and they're gonna uh -huh. absorb everything and like they're already getting so many different different avenues of information coming at them so just yeah. just don't yeah yeah uh so i think there was in that article if you can go back there were like two other 
myths and one of them was like witches are ugly it was like some weird stuff so i didn't include it but that's the end of the myths we have okay. for our our thing yeah, but well we're not, we're not green we're not <laughs> we don't green. have warts that's right um i i, I came across i think it was a thread I don't remember where it was, but somebody was basically offended at Greenface for Halloween, like which is painting themselves green. Okay, what was their reason? I don't rem- I don't remember what their reasoning was, but they were they basically were saying that it was offensive to real practicing witches. And then somebody else chimed in and was like, "Uh, you do realize that Greenface was not meant to be like a like a slur or like anything offensive. A green the like the Greenface for witches literally came about because of Wizard of Oz because they just started making movies in color and mm-hmm. they wanted to, they needed to do something with the makeup to make that it coloring. Pop exactly so um it was all solely for hollywood purposes and that was the i'm pretty sure that was the origination of the the green witch face i have another little thing um we do you know what the kaliak is she's the kind of goddess she's like a winter i think she's like a winter goddess but anyway a beautiful woman at our our uh women's circle was dressed as her one year and she was telling us about like the the origination of the green skin and the nose. And she was saying that the the women at the time, you know, were being abused and beaten up. Who were the healers? You know what I mean? Yeah, so I their their green, the green skin was the bruises on their face and the the big crooked nose was yeah. because their noses were broken and like oh. all that discoloration in their face. I was like, oh, oh. That's a much more, uh, that's a darker, a much darker approach to. Yeah, it um, is. It is. I mean, I, I personally don't know what is the truth. Like, is it, was it Hollywood that, that, that came up with it? Was it yeah. that other legend of Kaliak or whatever it was? I, I don't know. But I do love that speaking of Wizard of Oz, that they included those red and white socks, which I think we have a topic about someday, right? Yeah. We yeah. have that on our list. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think so, so lastly from lastly from Moody Moons, we have know your rights. If you live in the US, uh, the federal government affords you the right to religious freedom and protection from discrimination on that bias. Yeah, girl, listen, if you want off, you don't have to take off for Christmas, but if you want off for Yule, Samhain, Imbolc, Ostara, Beltane, you're legally allowed to take those off. Uh-huh. You're allowed to take those off. So um, if you feel that you are being discriminated against at work uh, uh, during housing or loan application processes or uh, in other protected scenarios, seek the appropriate legal advice. Yeah, I mean, if, if Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A can close on Sundays, like a whole ass business can close on Sunday, why can't you freaking take off for, for Samhain or Yule or whatever the fuck you want, you know? The sweetest thing. My boss is super supportive. Yeah. He was calling me a vegan for a long time. <laughs> not the same thing (laughs) it was like because you're a vegan right i was like like, pagan pagan (laughs) you're so cute that's amazing i love that he's really supportive and i think it was last year last halloween he was like did you want off for whatever day it fell on he was like i know that's kind of a big day for you guys (laughs) i love that so and yeah he always asks about like hey what do you uh it's the the solstice or it's the equinox what are you uh what you doing yeah, <laughs> you know, that's so, so cool. It is cool. I love that. No, it's cool to have you know though even people that don't necessarily believe in what you believe. It's cool to have those people who have your back and like support you no matter who like who you are and what you believe. Everybody, yeah. I mean, 
we're we're only human It'd be we're all of- in this together what was it before uh i think i've heard like um it's uh where we're, we all we're all in need of a phone company it just depends on what phone line you, you pick or call. something like that yeah or <laughs> who you want to call right yeah like doesn't matter who it is if it's god if it's a law if it's mm-hmm. i don't know stevie nicks satan <laughs> stevie nicks <laughs> That was Moody Moon's article. It's called So You Decide to Come Out of the Broom Closet. And that will be linked below. Yeah, man. And now we're going to shuffle on over to this other article called 10 Baby Steps Out of the Broom Closet. So if you're thinking about coming out of that broom closet, here's some steps you could take to kind of ease along that process. Uh, So people stare and shake their heads, Sally, while telling us we are going to hell. How many times has that happened to you, Christina? (laughs) Oh, glory uh, just my about- family members or anybody or just like anybody like how many you know how many crazies have come out of the woodwork and commented on my youtube videos like come back oh yeah to- like that guy in the craft the- with the snake like come back to jesus I'm just like, he oh, is so <laughs> scary though wolf wolf is right all right so yeah so yeah people tell us we're going to hell all the time even though the laws of our country clearly protect our religious freedom and our government officially recognizes paganism as a valid religion we still remain something that society would rather not see something sinister to be kept hidden away behind closed doors it's human nature to be leery of what is unknown and mysterious so why do we hide the easy answer is that so many of us keep our religion's choice private for fear of the consequences would we be fired would we be forced to move would the neighbors stop waving at us in the driveway <laughs> i mean maybe if your neighbor saw you dancing naked under the full moon maybe yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but it is illegal to discriminate on the basis of religion and the law is on our side but only if we use it uh those who came before us did not have it so easy countless brave souls have fought and died for our right to practice our faith yet so many pagans hide it away as if they have something to hide our secretiveness gives the appearance that we are hiding something dark and sinister that society would not accept when in reality if most people understood the pagan religion they would realize that it's something not to be feared at all we have nothing to feel guilty for or we have nothing to feel guilty for nor be ashamed of and yet we keep it hidden what honor do we give to those who have sacrificed for religious freedoms if we do not exercise our rights it is not easy to come out of the broom closet and in many cases being totally open in all facets of your life is just not feasible but every time we hide we hurt the pagan community at large because we only strengthen society's tendency to believe that we have something to hide which in turn leads more pagans to remain hidden um, it is a nasty and vicious circle of prejudice that will not end until more of us are open about our faith. When more of us hold our heads up proudly and stop acting as if we have some dirty little secret, only then will society begin to accept us as part of it. And this does not mean that all pagans need to run out into the street shouting the word of the goddess. Um, <laughs> this does not mean we should all start uh, wearing huge pentacles and engaging everyone we meet in a debate on theology. But every time one of us makes an effort to fit in with society without apology, without shame, and without doubt that we are just as spiritually valid as anyone else, the whole ba- the whole pagan community benefits. And those efforts do not have to be huge. Every one of us can take baby steps out of the closet to shine a little light on paganism so that society can see us for what we really are. Bye. Real quick. Yeah. Oh, remember when I was like, your your Jersey accent comes out every now and then? What did I say? What did I when say? You, when you say your A's is when it comes out like nasty. And <laughs> when you say podcast and podcast. Pa- paganism. Pa- pa- paganism? Pagan? Pagan? Nasty. You want to say it like paganism? <laughs> It's the A's. 
all right okay good to know it's, i love it i love it <laughs> um it's the easiest way to make a pod podcast podcast <laughs> podcast all right so my mom says the oz like coffee and do- dog um <laughs> but i guess mine are more like yeah podcast. Yeah. <laughs> i love it um so do you want to lead us through these 10 10 baby steps out of the group yeah. class Yes, I would. I interrupted you, though, earlier. You were going to tell us who it was by. Um, That's on themystica.com. And I don't know if this says the author. Hold on. Uh, No, it just says copyright Willow Grove. All rights. I don't know. I don't know what the author is of this article, but it's on um, themystica.com and we'll link it below. Okay, cool. So we have 10, 10, 10 steps for you, Tim. Yeah. (laughs) Podcast. (laughs) <laughs> all right so here are some 10 baby steps for you so number the, number one you can choose to wear a pentacle in public it doesn't have to be huge keep that in mind just visible um if you need to be careful wear it only when you will not see anyone you know even if you only wear it to the grocery store once a month someone will see it if you are asked what it means smile warmly and explain simply if someone glares at you s- smile warmly anyways <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two, next time you are asked for a poll or survey or a census of what religion you are, be honest. Um, nobody's going to hang up on you. They need no. that whole time. No, no. It says no one will hang you. No one will hang you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me increase the size of my screen. No one will hang you. So that's good to know, right? <laughs> Can I do that one again? <laughs> Leave it in. It's funny. Just leave it in. (laughs) If you are raising, uh, number three, if you are raising your children, Pagan, talk with somebody at the school so that they understand what that means. Uh, For a great article about educating educators, visit the following site. And this is going to be under the religious tolerance.org site that's going to be listed in these notes. Number four, if a coworker asks what plans you have for the weekend, don't leave things out. Um, but you don't have to say I'm going for a frolic naked and chanting under the full moon in the forest. <laughs> you can simply say uh, some friends and I are going camping and going to hold a special ceremony in honor of the earth. No one will burn you at the stake and you might be surprised at the dialogue that does come up. Yeah, I mean, um, you don't have to be all Jet and Francis about it and be like, no, dance naked under the full moon. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, the time they do, they do make it very clear that the nudity is, the nudity is entirely optional. Right. Most of the time right. I just say I'm having a bonfire. Uh-huh. That's yeah. That's all, yeah that's, all you gotta, that's all you gotta say. Um, yep. You don't have to get into detail. Also, when... it's, you gotta, you gotta discern your audience also. So right. I, what, if you feel comfortable, go for it. And then number five, we have support pagan businesses especially those with an actual storefront uh pagan stores uh pagan stores that operate only online can keep their identity of the their employees a secret out uh in cyberland but when a store has a building and a big sign on the street they are very very exposed to public scrutiny these are brave folks who deserve the support of the pagan community and when society sees these businesses thriving it gives validation to pagans everywhere if you do not have a local pagan store, at least try to shop with an online store uh, that also operates as a real physical store somewhere. I have uh, to and I want... you. Oh, go ahead. Um, the the store that your friend runs. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that accepted? Because you're in the Bible Belt, kind of, right? We're in Would the deep consider... south. 
Yeah. So yeah. how, how is that received where, where you are? So she, I've only met her once the friend, uh, I have as a tattoo artist that we're going to interview on the sacredness of tattooing, I hope. Oh, so yeah. she's the one I know kind of more personally, what I wanted to say with this is like, I want it when I met her, like I bring them something like they're part of your community mm-hmm. and they might not feel welcome. I have no idea. I've not gotten to talk to her. Her name is Gypsy. I've not gotten to talk to her about how she's been accepted. She still has the storefront. I know she does yoga sessions, but like make them feel welcome. Bring them like a little plant or like the extra yeah. cookies you have in the cabinet. You know what right. I mean? Something right. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a good idea where I am. I feel like there's a lot more shops popping up now, but I feel like there weren't so many like some years ago. If you go into like the trendy towns, like you'll find a lot of like metaphysical shops. It's starting to become more of a franchise now. There's one in Red Bank and there's one in Clark or Cranford, not too far from where I work. But it's a shop called Witch Baby and it's a it's called Witch Baby Soap. And it's basically a, a soap shop for like witches. Like Cute. a bath, like a bath and body shop, but for witches. And the the tagline Cute. is "Get naked, do witchcraft." How adorable is that? Isn't that adorable? Wow. Okay, yeah. I can get down yeah, with yeah. that. So yeah, th- there's there's little shops and little trendy centers of town that pop up here and there, and I always try to go and you know make a purchase and just support the local yeah. businesses. You know, yeah. awesome. What is the number six we're on? Uh, so yeah, attend or donate to your local pagan pride day. Chances are there is one within driving driving distance of anyone reading this. And to find out when and where, you can visit paganpride.org. Um, there is a thing called the Lunar Fair in New Jersey. Um, this is fairly new. I want to say in the past like two or three years or so, this has been a thing. Um, and it's gotten so big now. When we went to Salem, we were actually chatting chatting with one of the vendors that we met up in Salem mm-hmm. and she was actually telling me about Lunar Fair. She's like, oh, you're from New Jersey? Have you been to Lunar Whoa. Fair? I was like, holy shit, you know about Lunar Fair? Wow. And it, it's crazy that it's like, it's grown such a following in such a short amount of time. I've yet to go to one because um, they are kind of far. Um, they're more like South Jersey, um, kind of like North Jersey a little okay. more. So, yeah. but I definitely want to want to make it to one of them because I heard that they're really freaking cool. That's awesome. I think yeah. our closest one is the the Charlotte Pagan Pride, but that's still like over an hour from me. Yeah, and I'm sure there's tons of of like Pagan Pride stuff in New York City because New York is only like an hour hour or so from me, like a train ride. Have you gone to that Enchantments yet? Is that no. what it's called? Yeah, I've never gone. But if you ever make go your for way- the both of us, please make your way to New York. We'll go. Make Don't wait on me. <laughs> No, no, wait. No, I'm wait. I'm not gonna. <laughs> Bitch, I don't wait for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying if you're ever, if you're ever in New Jersey and you're ever in the area or in my neck of the woods, we'll have Ooh. to make. Absolutely. Yeah. We could do like a walking tour of all the places Alice Hoffman talks about in Rules of Magic. Let's do it. Done. Okay. Cool. Done deal. All right. All right. It's a lot of walking. New York is bigger than you think. <laughs> I know. I know. For I've such a small it. island, it's freaking huge. Oh wait, I gotta um, show you this. This is it. But um, my friend and I love Newsies. This is Caitlin. And we we did the Brooklyn Bridge. We walked oh, all the way across. We walked through Chelsea and all that. You've been and, to New York? Yeah, but a couple times. Okay, couple cool. times. Cool. All right. So it's not your first rodeo. Um, but it's cool. There's so many places in New York that every time feels like your first time. There's you 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 don't have to ever do feels the same like the first time. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do a New York trip if you ever. If, okay. Every, every, 
my way. Okay. Um, yeah. So it says next time you are at a bookstore or library, march right up to the counter and ask where you could find books on Wicca and paganism and do not whisper. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say, I'm totally guilty of this doing this when I was probably in seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. I had just seen the craft and I wanted to know everything there was about, about witchcraft. Yeah. Um, that's what I would do. I would go and just sit in the library and go sit up in my little esoteric metaphysical section. And I would take out those books wow and i can't tell you how many weird looks i got from people checking me out all the time oh my gosh oh my gosh yeah i would check books out and i would just get looks from the librarian like you know that that like that upward look with through through, through those uh bifocal through the glasses, glasses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> i will get all the looks all the time oh uh, they're stocking these books woman I, like you know, know what's out there right. i will t- like my br- like what are they calling it now the thing that puts the wrinkle in your brain or that changes your makeup, your chemistry makeup. When yeah. we were in, did you all ever, you know, that there's like the science fair. Did y'all ever have to do the history fair? I don't ever remember a history fair. Okay. So it's basically what it sounds like. You pick a historical topic, you do a whole presentation and like one of those trifold things on it. Yeah. Like a diorama or something like a that. Diorama. I was part of th- part two, uh, two other people. Okay. We got to do it on the Salem witch trials. Oh, fuck. That's awesome. And this was after I watched The Craft and Practical Magic Girl. Oh, so we awesome. took one of those bifold, trifold things. We bent it backwards to make a square and then stacked another one on top of it and put it on a lazy Susan. So it spun, which is cool. But the coolest thing was we got to go. I don't remember. My friend Caitlin would remember. We got to go to like the state museum, which had like all the the state library, excuse me, had all these different floors and like the ladders. And I was just checking all these books out on witchcraft and like the Salem witch trials. And I was sitting there. It was a dream. I, that was like the happiest time just sitting there with my little, you know, you had to go make Xerox copies. How dark academia is that? It was, I know it was like in eighth grade. It was so fun uh-huh. yeah my my little town library because i'm in a very small town um it was not very um it wasn't like that at all like you know the ladder and like the dark library it was it was kind of just like a it seemed like a vfw with just shelves <laughs> <laughs> that's what my library bar. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um it was a cute little quaint little library they have since yeah. renovated it and i think it looks sterile and really impersonal oh. Now. This wasn't like the town library. This was like oh, the cat, like the state right. library, the catacombs. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Like got a college it. level library. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, or like the library in Ghostbusters. Remember that library? I don't. I'm sorry. Oh. Ghostbuster Christina, library. You're killing me. I know. I'm sorry. You're killing me. Library scene. I'm too old. I'm too old for this. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> we get different perspectives. I just always disappoint you because I don't know what you're talking about. I know. You go 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 watch that movie. Okay. Go refresh. <gasps> yeah. Ooh, remember that's that? pretty. That's yeah. pretty. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like libraries like that, just like they're they're fascinating, but they also like scare the shit out of me because I'm like, uh, what if I go down there? It's good to be some just like clear person just reading a fucking <laughs> book. <laughs> a clear person. A ghost. They prefer yeah. the term ghost. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to be politically correct. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. You can just yeah, take us to number eight, please. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, so choose the most open-minded family member that you can find and 
and tell them. Uh, find out how they think other man other members. <laughs> <laughs> it's about we're hitting that wall now. We're getting starting to get delirious. Uh, how they think other members of the family might react. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to mute myself. Oh my God. All right. So yeah, so basically this is what what this is saying is just kind of scope out, put your feelers out, see which one of your family members is the most chill about this and kind of go to them first. And yes, yes, kind of, kind of test the waters with them first, you know? Yes. Tell the <sighs> librarian. Tell the librarian. <laughs> um, or is this can... the new Death Watch Beetle episode? My this, God. This might be. Um, Yeah. Also, it's saying read a pagan book in public. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's not really much shock value anymore with, with witch talk flying around. And like I yeah. said before, uh, all of these books are up front and center in Barnes and Noble now. Like there is no mm-hmm. hiding this shit anymore. <laughs> Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. This is, it's, you know, it's pretty mainstream at this point. I don't feel like you really have to hide reading these books anymore. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, and then the last thing on this list is attend local discussion groups to connect with other pagans who struggle with hiding their faith. Can't find one? Then start one. Chances are there are other pagans in your midst wishing there that there was one that they could join to. And I have to say that that's absolutely true you it's you'd be surprised like who would come out of the woodwork for a group like that and it's nice to have that support and it this goes back to you know the end of the movie practical magic when all the women get together and um they just kind of connect over that special gift that they all have because there's a little witch in all of us that's right yeah so um the important thing to remember is that when you take these steps you may be the only pagan someone has ever come in contact with okay so Mm -hmm. keep that in mind um you're representing all of us so be friendly try not to be confrontational um and and you got to try to be able to explain what paganism is and and isn't Um, in clear, simple terms without being defensive. So hold your head up high and know that um, you are within your rights to have your beliefs and should not be forced to hide it. Yeah. Um, yeah. While it is uh, necessary in plenty of cases to remain secretive when you are a pagan for uh, some very real reasons, as we discussed earlier, all of us can look at this list and see at least one step we can take. So every time society sees us really sees us uh we not only honor those who have sacrificed for our freedoms we shine a lay on every pagan everywhere and the whole pagan community benefits yeah absolutely. yeah, yeah those are some those are some good steps to just kind of ease ease you into i guess society and kind of not shine a light but like you know just be who you are and be being able to just be open with with what it what you believe because life is too short are you gonna live a little or are you gonna live a lot don't let this hold you back yeah what what's that on isabel said right <laughs> that's right yeah that's right yeah drink that courage tea don't drink that caution tea yeah don't drink that caution bullshit nobody wants no. that shit. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> all right man so we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're going to chat about our own experiences and struggles coming into our own power as young little witches and then we have 10 introspective questions to owning your own inner power and the term witch so we'll be right back you're listening to magnolia street podcast Hey, we're back. Um, so now we're going to talk about our own experiences of being closeted witches through our adolescence. 
And um, so we're going to just go through, I came up with 10 introspective questions um, that we can kind of like ask ourselves and just get a kind of like a discussion going um, just about our own experiences. And also um, these can also serve as journal prompts for our listeners as well. So if you guys want to reflect on your own magical journeys and coming to your own as a witch and coming out of your own broom closet, feel free to use these questions and answering. Um, you can write in your own journals and answer these in your own journals. Share your answers with us. If you'd like to weigh in on the discussion, you can email anything to us at magnoliastreetpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or leave us a voicemail. We have a voicemail uh, line in the um, show notes down below. So we would love to hear your beautiful voices and we would love to play them on the show as well. If you have a story you'd like to chat with us yeah. about. Yeah, so um, yeah. And I'm also planning on adding these questions kind of like as a journaling worksheet, like PDF printable file for our cool. Patreon. So if you want to head over to Patreon after this episode, you can get this worksheet and um, yeah, just be a little introspective on your own if you want to be with, mm -hmm. with these. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess the first one, me what and Christina are going to chat about a little bit here. Um, so when did you know you were a witch and was there any specific aha moment that led you to this discovery? You want to go first? I'll have to think about that. All right. All right. So, so basically, okay. So I told you that the, I saw the craft in like seventh or eighth grade and that kind of like you know it interested me it piqued my interest it got me wanting to do research and all that right mm -hmm. um but also at the same time I was in CCD like mm -hmm. my parents put me in that uh uh like the Catholic or Christianity school after school after hours um so yeah. we kind of like yeah it was like an hour-long class every Wednesday and you know we had to complete the sacraments right that's mm -hmm. we had to we had to, we were already baptized as children most of us anyway that were there um then you make your communion when you're what like third grade or something like that and mm -hmm. then by the time you are in i think maybe seventh grade yeah i think it was seventh grade you start getting ready to make your confirmation right so when you make your confirmation i don't know about for you because you went to Catholic school, did you have to do like an interview with a priest and answer a certain set of questions in the right way to be able to even like attend your yes. confirmation ceremony? I did not like that. I did not feel safe yeah. sitting yes. alone in that room. 100 for per fucking percent. Okay. So this is basically my experience. So I was in my school. I went to a public school. So after school, um, our school was putting on a talent show. So after school, I would you know, go to practice and, you know, me and my friends would, we did our little choreography routine, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I remember it was like dress rehearsal and I, my mom picked me up. She's like, you have your uh, confirmation interview. You have to go. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, you know, I just want to dance. <laughs> All right, Kevin Bacon. I want to fucking dance. Let me get my foot loose on. What the fuck, yeah, mom? Yeah. So, <laughs> so she dragged me to this fucking confirmation interview against my freaking will and you know it's just me and the priest sitting there and he's asking me all these questions i don't give a shit about yeah <laughs> and i got every single one of them wrong and i'm like oh no christina i this was such a joke to me like i freaking hate it i hate it so i hated it it was such a joke to me so i like you know the whole time i was doing this interview i'm like i just want to be at at my dress rehearsal I just want to fucking dance mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. let me go do my shit that I actually enjoy doing why am I here yeah I'm wasting your time you're wasting my time 
me get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was trying to like jailbreak out of here so hard. So I got all the questions wrong. And that's so funny. Yeah. And then like, you know, I guess my mom picked me up. I don't remember what happened after that, but I'm sure she was probably like, so how did it go? Yeah. Like, fuck that shit. I didn't get anything right. Whatever. Um, so I don't know how long after, but this was like, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks, maybe a week or two after it was getting closer to the confirmation, right? The actual mm-hmm. ceremony. So like the group, my my class, like our whole group of kids went into the church because the classes, the CCD classes are held in like, you know, the actual school. And then then you have the church in like the separate yes. building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we went to the church and the whole class was there. And my teacher you know, my teacher was different than the priest that asked me the questions. Yeah. Right. So my teacher had no idea like how, what my, you know, I guess my test results were or whatever till he got my test results. Yeah. Doesn't that sound so freaking ridiculous? Yeah. Like why, why do we have test results for, you know, what we believe faith that we don't uh, particularly want to be in? Exactly. So I just thought the whole thing was just so freaking ridiculous. And even me as like a seventh grader, I realized this. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's young to some people, but I I learned very early on that I was like, this religion is bullshit. I don't want this is I don't want to be here. Aww. So I don't know. Maybe this isn't everybody's experience, but this is my experience. You know, for sure. That's yep. That's what and, this segment is. Segment number three is, is just us. and this is my truth. So if you don't like it, I have nothing to say to you. But <laughs> sure, you have your own experiences. Um, but that, again, we would love to hear them. So, and you know, I don't want to, you know, bash anybody's religion if that's what they truly believe, but I knew that it was not for me um, mm-hmm. at that time. And then, so, so we're like in this church and um, he's, you know, we're going through the motions of the ceremony, like who's standing where, uh, who's leading the line down to the, you know, the front of the the pew mm-hmm. in the front row, um, basically putting us in order of you know how we should walk down it's always um, shortest to tallest it, uh, i was always the first one always <laughs> i was always the first one because my last name starts with b-a-b and i'm still c so either way i'm in front yeah you are I, yeah so um so we're all staying there and i remember my teacher just being like yeah everybody except for one person in this class is going to be making their confirmation you were like thank god thank god but he singled me out in front of the whole class and I was so freaking embarrassed. He That's pointed what Catholicism right- is, girl. Shame, just shame, 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 shame. Yeah. shame. Yeah. Like why not freaking just like strip me naked and pour a bucket of paint and chicken feathers on me? Like what the- at that point- That would like- be a waste of chicken feathers. <laughs> but like, I was like, what the fuck, man? Like this religion that's supposed to be like a safe place. Like, oh, come to Jesus. Come, like God loves you. Like, okay, but then why- am I being humiliated in his house? You know? Yeah. yeah. So that, that was it for me. That was it for me. I remember standing wow. there. I was like, I'm done with this. I was like, after I make my, well, he said I wasn't making my confirmation, but my mom went in there and no pun intended. She fucking raised hell. She raised hell. She was like, my daughter is Go Didi. <laughs> yeah, Didi. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she went in there and she told off my teacher. And so I, I ended up making my confirmation, but that. What was that your was confirmation name? Gabriella. Oh, that's pretty. And you know what? It goes with the Italian thing. Yeah, but you know, isn't it supposed to be a saint? There's no Saint Gabriella. Oh, like Saint Gabriel or Angel Gabriel? I put a spin on the male Angel Gabriel. They let me do that. Wow. I'm I'm really surprised they let me do that. Whoa. So so that's incredible. 
So my confirmation is Gabriella in honor of the Archangel Michael. Oh, no, what's your... Michael. Gabriel, Gabriel. See, I can't even get their names right. God, I'm What's a your actual middle name? Marie. Okay, so is mine. Come on. European white girl. Justina Marie and Christina stop. Marie. I can't believe we have the Stella same Marie. Or, uh, or, like, or Anne. Anne. Or Nicole, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Rose. You know, they're That's all the funny. same. So that was my experience. And I, I told my mom after that point, I was like, I will make this confirmation for you, but I'm done with this. I'm done with it after this. Wow. And, you know, she still, every now and then, she still sends me text messages like, don't forget to get your ashes. And I'm just like, Ma, I'm not a Catholic anymore. Stop yeah, trying. Yeah, yeah, it's a holy day of obligation. <laughs> yeah, and she, she's like, don't forget to not eat meat. It's Friday. And I'm like, dude, I'm eating nuggies right now. <laughs> I'm eating my nuggies. <laughs> And this, is why, and this is why she tells me if I step foot into a, in, in a Catholic church, I will burst into flames. Yeah. <laughs> we still, I mean, she, we, we, we can joke we, about it now. We've arrived at this place where we can joke about it now. And yeah. it is funny. But Was I had a point of contention for a while. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. 100%. And like, I always told her I'm not getting married in a Catholic church and I didn't. <laughs> Good on you, dude. So, so man, I stick, I stick to my guns, you know? Good for you, man. Yeah. All right. What was the question? Let me see here. What was the specific, like a specific point in time my... that led to your discovery? Okay. Yeah. And I'm sorry. My, my story was so long and drawn out, drawn out, but like I've harbored on that for years. No, <laughs> it's how you got here. That stepping stone, that, that yeah. Y in the road, that crossroads that led you here. That public humiliation, like really was really what sealed the deal for me. And I was like, this this shouldn't be how I feel like worshiping a higher power. Like shouldn't feel ick, you know? Yeah. yeah. I want to, I should want to, you know, have something to believe in that's beautiful. And that's something that's all mine, you know? Yeah. Mine is kind of similar. It, it did stem from like a grade school. So mine's a little different too, in that I kind of ebbed and flowed back and forth for a long time. Okay. And, but the initial, like, what the fuck? Like moment happened, uh, in I don't know I was probably fourth fifth sixth grade and I was told that um you know I I must have confided in somebody uh older one of the teachers or the nun or somebody at my school and said you know I was I had prayed to Mary to help me with xyz and they said you can't pray to Mary you can only ask her to bring messages to Jesus and I was like the fuck like because she's a woman yes exactly I know so that to me was like but I love her and I feel she's the mother and I feel safe with her and why can't I do that so that was like the little like that that's kind of messed up that's not right um and then the whole thing with like watching practical magic and the craft so then that kind of flowed that way Mm -hmm. and then I think through high school I kind of flowed back I had a boyfriend at the time that was psychotic like very fundamentalist Christian and it just kind of um turned very ugly very fast this is at the point of time that I was haunted I don't know if I talked to you about that before but I was haunted before oh this if there's a segment to talk about it talk about you could talk about it now I want to know oh it's really long though so how about we do a bonus episode okay okay we'll do a bonus episode but I'm sure our listeners want to know too okay yeah it's very uh okay (laughs) okay cool so I did get married in the catholic church because my grandpa was like I'm not coming unless you get married in a Catholic church, there's that Catholic guilt. And then when I was married, I kind of, we moved to California and I kind of got back into 
not back into, there was a woman in our apartment complex who did belly dancing. And I was like, that's really cool. Like, I want to check that out. So this woman, stunning, like beautiful, ageless woman I still talk to today, but she um, also was into like yoga, meditation, um, different forms of like breathing exercises and stuff like that. So I started to hang out with her and I started doing that shit at home. My husband at the time kind of scoffed at it. And I was like, all right, I'll put that on the back burner for a while. Uh, And I really didn't come back around to this until the divorce. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's, it wasn't long after that I started the YouTube. Right. But any thought of like, uh, like I'm a witch probably happened in in high school when uh, the my friend Sally and I would get together and and do spells and witchcraft yeah. and like stuff yeah. would happen yeah. it was really cool and to know like I would know when she would call like the phone rang this was not this was corded phones right. you know no caller ID and like yep. I knew and it was her which was cool and you know just having I was like this is we have something there's something really special about our relationship and, and really magical. So that's the first time I think I felt like magic, but just also growing up with like the woods and the forest right there and just always being a dirt kid outside. Same. same. We were always running through the woods. 100%. Yeah. Um, my my confirmation name was Joan, by the way. That was my grand. That's my grandma's name. Cause she's a badass. She was a badass. Dude. Was she a witch? She was. You were in Angels and Spirit Guides. Who? Joan of Arc. Oh, Joan of Arc. Your grandma. I was like, wait, my grandma? <laughs> Maybe she was. I don't know. She'd be the first one to flip you off. I'll tell you that. Yeah. She would be the first one in a room to tell you to go fuck yourself. I love yeah. her so much. I miss her. <laughs> She's such a yeah. badass, too. It was just being told that I could not speak. Basically, I could not speak to this higher deity that I had always been told was there to support and love me right you can't talk to them like why uh, excuse me why is her voicemail full like what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's out of office she's on vacation she's got her auto responder on <laughs> yeah so that was that was the very first thing and I was young you know I was really young uh-huh. when that happened yeah. so. so what were some of the fears or negative connotations associated with witchcraft amongst peers or family growing up take it away i'm sure i like i said i have that one aunt that still you know if she knew the full spectrum of things she'd be like what the fuck jess um but <laughs> but this when i was in like sixth grade this doesn't really have anything to do with witchcraft per se like uh specifically but it is a little woo woo and it it still makes me and my family laugh to this day i had a halloween party yeah <laughs> when i was in like sixth grade and my friend my friend angela let me borrow her ouija board yeah and um because she couldn't come to the party she had to like i guess go to uh something or other that day but she let me borrow the the board game the game i'm saying game like it's actually a game no yeah. that hasbro shit. owns that right, shit right like that shit ain't no game if you're summoning demons i'm sorry that's not a fun game um <laughs> so she let me borrow the the ouija board for the party and there were like i don't know maybe 20 kids in my parents small little garage right wow all the all the parents were in the kitchen you know, they weren't hanging out with the kids in the garage. We were in the garage playing, you know, we were bombing for apples. And then somebody Cute. was like, let's break out the Ouija board. It was probably me. It was uh, probably you. Probably me. But I just remember like we were playing and it might've been a kid. I don't remember. I don't remember there being anybody by the light switch, but the fucking lights went out. 
It was one of the parents. It was one. No, no, there were no parents in there. All the parents were out in the kitchen. They didn't crack the door open and just click. Yeah. They were drinking their espresso. The lights went out and all like 20 kids came screaming out of the garage and into the kitchen. Like well, telling all the adults that the lights just went out and my well, aunt caught it. She caught wind of it. Like the really, um, the Jesus one. And she's like, get that shit out of his house. Wow. She took the Ouija board and she like, she i'm pretty sure she like tore it out of my hands and she opened the side door and it wasn't even mine right it was my friends and she threw it threw it over the fence whoa (laughs) your poor neighbor she threw it over the fence um yeah i was like that's not mine it's my friend she's like i don't care i don't want it in this house so it stayed it stayed out there all night and i had to explain to my friend why the board was like had like like that wet dew on it from like sitting there overnight <laughs> and i'm like, like sorry man my aunt made me throw it outside because we were summoning some demons maybe the moonlight that night like helped cleanse those demons out of there maybe oh, geez. No. um wow. yeah i don't even i don't even remember the day of the party i'm trying to like see if i can like go back to like 1990 what was it 95 or 96 when we had the party just to see what phase the moon was in at that time <laughs> But but it's so funny because that same aunt, she helped me make my wedding invitations and our wedding invitations, we had a Halloween wedding, right? Yeah. Our wedding invitations were Ouija board themed. <laughs> <gasps> no shit. I'm not even joking you. What the but hell? Good say, for you. So I have to say like, if it's hilarious how it came full circle, but yeah. like laugh about it now. Like she's That's cool. so funny. We can laugh about it now. <laughs> Good. That's because you're older. You right, know, right. you're not a minor as we discussed right, right. um me. so just like I don't know like it's stuff like that like the Ouija board I I remember growing up my mom hated that um I even read my metaphysical books she would not let me have tarot cards I didn't get tarot cards until I was in my 20s wow yeah so I didn't even get my first tarot deck until like I was probably like 23 or 24 years old mm-hmm. um, for the longest time she was really against the tarot she thought it was like satanic demonic whatever and now who guess who asks me for tarot readings on the that's right i know i know don't i know it that is so funny but yeah that's all i i can think of personally so definitely yeah growing up in the catholic household the i think i mentioned in like almost the very first episode my mom finding the grimoire that my friend and i had made i kept it in a spot in my room and it's not like she took it out and left it in my room she just took it and put it in her room and i was looking for something else in her room and saw she had it on the bed and i was like i'm fucked so wait so were you were you more mad or were you did you feel more i was terrified that she was gonna whoop your ass (laughs) i was i was worried she was gonna destroy it and she didn't which was i was like well why not but that's saying something uh but later i found out my mama her, my great aunt, isn't this frame picture behind me? Her and her mom used to do palm readings and, t- oh, and tea leaf readings. And I'm like, wait, you your mom knew that? Yeah. And how does your mom feel about her ancestors doing that? She, well, she didn't tell me until I was much older. But she, she knew tried- about, she knew about it. But yeah. like, how did she, how does, did she ever tell you how she felt about them being involved in? Uh, she's never told me how she felt about them. I know she adored my aunt Blanche, who was still alive when, when I was young. She was my great, great aunt. She was my grandmother's aunt. Mm-hmm. So is that my great, great aunt? 
Your grandmother's aunt. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know if she ever voiced an opinion either way about it, but she is interested in like getting tarot readings now. I think she's still, she has a more fun, I guess, outlook on it. I don't think she takes it too seriously. It's a novelty to her. Yeah. Yeah. But she, she respects that. I like it. Right. But I do have those family members that I have been told, you know, yeah, I'm going to hell and to repent and I'm worried for your soul. And I'm like, dude, we don't believe in hell. Like you take care of you. You do. You take care of me. You do. You (laughs) buckaroo. So Uh, what are some activities you did as a young witch to nurture your practice and knowledge within your craft? You want to go first? No, I was reading it for you. I didn't know if you felt weird about reading the question and then having to answer the question for yourself. No, you're right. You're right. (laughs) I'm just interviewing myself at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, I pretty much kind of said a little bit before, like, you know, I would go to the library. I would take out books. I would get the side eye from the library and checking my books out. But aside from that, um, again, I was in the woods a lot, like as a kid, I would go into the woods with my little satchel of my little potion bottles and I would just sit there, I would sit there and I would chant and I would, you know, just be one with nature. Um, when I was younger, there was uh, a house, like maybe a block or two away from my house and they had horses. They had horses. My town used to be a lot more rural. It's become Mm -hmm. a lot more suburban now, Um, but there used to be horses. There used to be a lot more wooded area to gallivant through, run my bike through, Um, a lot more deer, you know, uh, bunnies, deer, you name it. Like we would come across them all the time in the woods. And, you know, we still see them from time to time. But, you know, when you're in the woods, it's a little bit different they've since Mm -hmm. torn those woods down and now it's like mini mansions and it's so ridiculous um so it's sad it's sad going back to my old neighborhood and seeing mansions like little mansions that nobody can friggin' afford in this town wow (laughs) where you know where my my safe haven used to be and it's so sad um but that's what i used to do as a kid i used to just go in the woods and chant and go visit my neighbor's horses and you know, feed them carrots and just sit. I would sit right in front of the like little horse uh, pen and I would just sit there and um, like journal or mm-hmm. yeah, one with nature and spirit. And even when my cousins, my cousins are from North Carolina, they would come up sometimes and we, we would just, we would do that. That's what we would do. We would go into nature, go hang out with horses and just love it. Yeah. Do our witchy little stuff, which little all, all American girl. Exactly. <laughs> so what did you, what did you, anything else that you did as a kid? Dude, I used to crawl inside a tree. Inside to, of a tree? Well, there was like a pine tree. It was actually one, like one pine tree that turned into two, right? Okay. So it had all the big boughs and yeah. there was like a tiny little hole that I could crawl into and oh, all the so boughs cool. would be like around me. And oh. I would sit in there for hours and like draw or make little stick fairy houses and like, just covered in sap and bugs. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I love sitting in there. I don't think that tree's there anymore. It was in my parents' front yard. But yeah, like climbing trees and just sitting in them when like the winds blow in and you're blowing around. How what how much more connected to nature can you get? And it's 100%. just awful that as adults we we lose that, unfortunately, a lot of the time because because A jobs, but B, things yeah. do get built up, like you said. Yep. Yeah. And... Did I ever tell you that my childhood tree, they chopped it down? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I did a whole, like, I think I did a private YouTube video on it. I think I might've put it on my private Patreon, like on my Patreon page. Um, I'm just basically bawling in this entire video. Just like, <gasps> like I had such a connection and bond with this tree. I've 
I was I climbed it my entire childhood I would go oh. to the tippy, tippy top and like just like look out and see like how far down the street I could see from the very very top um and then the lady who lived next door she passed away and then the people on the corner because they're attached units the people on the corner ended up buying her house and renting it out um so they were kind of like the landlords they lived on the end but then they would like rent out her that lady's house mm -hmm. um so they actually ended up chopping the tree well first they started with like a few branches they started pruning it and then eventually i after i moved out and i moved into this house like i went back like i don't know maybe a month later and it, the tree was just gone i was yeah. like i my my heart dropped into my stomach i was like yeah. are you kidding me i'm sorry it's so sad you don't know unfortunately though like if that tree was diseased we had a tree we had to take down that was here forever yeah. and it didn't look like anything was wrong with it but a while ago i guess before we lived here it was hit by lightning mm -hmm. and dying from the inside mm -hmm. um and we couldn't have it come down on the house so okay. i don't know if it upset the neighbors or not but i i was upset i was yeah nothing nothing like yours nothing like yours right um, did you ever see i think i saw in like the news a while ago ron jeremy <laughs> the porn star what the ron jeremy yeah no you had me at ron jeremy <laughs> yeah okay so basically i read in some article that he was basically trying to save his childhood tree from getting cut down what so google it google it yeah it was okay. like a thing where he was trying to keep his childhood tree from getting cut down and i just thought it was like the most not that it was like hilarious but i just think coming from a porn star like i you, know hey porn stars are people too exactly but like you don't think of like that childhood innocence like of like just like a yeah. child coming from somebody like ron jeremy um i just thought that was hysterical but at the same time endearing i was like i felt for him because i was like I feel your pain. They cut mine down too. Let um, me look it up really quick. Yeah. Ron. Oh man. It's going to pull up all this weird stuff. Ron. Probably. Just type in Ron Jeremy childhood tree. Maybe Child. that'll, maybe something childhood. will pop up. Tree. Oh my God. He's like kissing it. It's so superstar. It Ugh. So sad. Oh, he's gross. Yeah, he is gross. I met him once. <laughs> you did not. I met, I met him once, yeah. What the? Where? When I was out in LA, I played this music showcase and um, they kind of like, they kind of build him as like this like main attraction. I'm like, why? Why fucking Ron Jeremy out of wow. all people? Wow. Um, but I remember I was like, I ain't leaving here till I fucking meet Ron, Ron Jeremy. Seriously? <laughs> like, well, well, because like, you know, I had just gone out to LA. I was like, I just want to meet a celebrity before I freaking go home. Um, so he came in and he had like, you know, I don't know, maybe a group of people around him. Uh, and he was like so out of it. He was so like drugged uh, up on something. He was uh, like super, super dazed, super out there. But like me and my friends, we all jumped in the picture and we're like, like taking a picture do with you them. have that picture i do i'll have to send it to you put that in our after hours notes for this please it's hysterical but yeah i have a picture with ron jeremy um and it was just like a weird like i played my set right and then i guess he came in like toward the end of the night when i was already leaving he was on his way into the club and i was on my way out and we just okay. kind of like grabbed him for a picture and then we just bounced Dude, <laughs> that is so crazy that's crazy yeah yeah oh damn okay definitely share that picture you never knew who you're gonna meet out in la in la <laughs> for sure it's pretty kooky out there um before we scoot on to the next question i just want to say like you know those pictures of how like the human body emulates nature 
Mm-hmm. I just learned that the word, you know, the word ramification actually comes from the branching off of like two veins or oh. like how a tree grows. If the tree grows up, a ramification is that offshoot branch and how it keeps offshooting. So I think oh. that's so, and as a, it's a, a consequence of, of the growth, you know, that offshoot is a consequence of that, that continuous growth, I, okay. growth, growth. I just think it's really cool that that word all is linked between our bodies and nature also, uh-huh. which I think is really neat. There you it go. That is Etymology. Etymology. Um, so, okay. So then what, uh, what age were you when you came out of the broom closet and how did it go? Um, I don't, I don't, that's, that's such a weird question because you wrote the I know I came up with the question, but it's a, it's a valid question. Like it, it really forces you to kind of be introspective and kind of really think about like these, these, um, milestone moments in Mm -hmm. your past, you know, um, I think I want to say, I just still feel like I never really officially was like, I'm a witch. I never had that Sally, like, you know, I never pulled any kind of family member aside and be like, listen, I want to tell you that I'm going to call the quarters tonight at eight (laughs) o'clock. Like it was never like that. Like it was like, you know, I either got busted playing the Ouija board or I got busted with some tarot cards and I got slapped on the wrist. Yeah. (laughs) And I was sent to to CCD and it's like, you're going to make your confirmation whether you like it or not. Repent, repent, repent. You're not going to dance. You're going to make your confirmation. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going (laughs) to Somebody make that a meme. You're not going to dance. You're going to make your confirmation. I just wanted to be Kevin fucking Bacon and they wouldn't let me. Um, Oh, fuck. Anyway, but I think, honestly, if I really think about it, I'm going to say when I made my my Bohemian Magic YouTube channel probably Mm would have been my like official like, here I am. Here's some witchy content for you. Like, (laughs) like, that's just what I do now. Okay. Um, And uh, but like I would. I also wouldn't call that coming out of the broom closet though, because I also did it under a name other than my own because I kind of wanted to still shield it from from like prying eyes from people who are in my um immediate friend circle in real life, like my family, my friends, whatever. Like I really I still wasn't really gung-ho about people finding mm-hmm. that content. So it was kind of like a gradual thing. Like every now and then I'll post one of those Bohemian Magic videos to my personal Uh, okay facebook page like every now and then and And who was probably the first one to acknowledge that i don't even know yeah i don't know i i never really put a time stamp on any any person or specific uh comment per se um because you know what i i discount a lot of the negative feedback and i don't listen to any of that i don't because i feel like it 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 prohibits me from just being happy and being who i am so Mm -hmm. fuck Oh, fuck the haters. Yep. <laughs> uh, fuck, fuck all those people who are going to tell me I'm going to go to hell because guess what? I'll probably meet you there because you probably have more skeletons in your closet than I do. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? So that's it. That's yeah. it, man. Um, so yeah, I would have to say probably my YouTube channel would be the closest thing to that. Like, um, not not that I said it boldly, like I'm a witch, <laughs> but like, you know, it's like, you know, if you want to learn how to ease your coughing with some lavender and some rosemary oil, here's how to do it. <laughs> like, you know, I did it in a very homeopathic way. So I eased into it. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Some gardening tips. Here you go. Yeah. Some, okay. some cooking tips. Here you go. You want to make some golden milk some, with some turmeric? Here you go. What the hell's golden milk? It's like that, like that, um, it's supposed to be good for like respiratory. Uh, oh, I could have used cold. that 
three months ago. Coughs. Um, I didn't notice any difference when I, I only drank oh. it the once. But it's it's <laughs> at it's, least your unhonest wish. Well, yeah, it's supposed to be very good for your cough, but I don't think it's supposed to be very good for your arteries because it's literally Ooh. just like coconut oil and just oil that you're supposed to drink. And I'm just like, this oh damn, sound, this doesn't sound good. This doesn't See, sound healthy. You know, stuff like that. Just uh, homeopathic garden stuff. Uh, little craft projects for the season again back to the seasonal thing I think that's when I started becoming a very seasonal witch when I started doing my YouTube channel and just being in touch with the seasons and showing other people how they can do the same yeah here um all right so now it's your turn okay out of the room closet how'd you do it my story is pretty pretty similar to yours to tell you the truth dude like I'm not out of the broom closet with me, uh, like a lot of my family like they know same. like I'm weird so here's same. the thing here's the thing so same thing goes along with like making the YouTube like trying to figure out where I was mm-hmm. on this path but doing it under a different name yeah. I wanted other people I knew it was a forum where other people would come and share their their like-minded stories right and get to know me but my family might not find me, which right? Was fine, and then like that, my family knew for uh, forever, for my whole life, that I had interest in other stuff, metaphysical stuff. My mom knew about the witchcraft then, and then I, you know, kind of fell out of it, came back to it. But for a long time, nobody knew I had that YouTube, and I don't remember who the first person was that told. It was either my younger brother or my best friend Caitlin, you know, and mm-hmm. both of them were like, "Cool, like cool." Mm-hmm. that's that's fine like yeah. I think I was more hesitant about telling them I had a YouTube than I was telling them that I was pagan okay <laughs> you know what I mean yeah and but like this is not anything I'm ever going to tell my grandfather right you know and I'm not going to come out to my dad and like there's no reason for it like they know I'm a I'm a good person they know I honor the seasons and they know I like divination and my interests are in the occult and that's all they don't need. I don't need just like for anybody else. I don't need you to tell me you're a Christian. Just be exactly. a good person. Care right. for each other. You don't, I don't need to come out with the label, mm-hmm. you know? 100%. Yeah. Just coming out to like very slowly to my friends. Um, I came out to Sally. Probably she was like, she knew like she was the one I did witchcraft with. She just didn't know I had this whole YouTube community backing me at the time. Right. You know? Yeah. I like I like it mattered. It doesn't it doesn't matter to most people as long as you're the same person they they know and love and they see you thriving. I think it's all yeah. it's all good. Yeah. I can't even tell you what any of the girls that I knew in high school are doing at this point in their lives except for my one friend Kristen. Like we were I like the two of us, the one whose wedding I went to in Croatia. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like one of the main main girls um that I'm still friends with. From, from middle school and high school to this day. Um, but she was one of the ones that we kind of like went down that little little uh, magical path together. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. We were kind of both into the same thing at the, around the same time. And she was actually one of the girls in my on my dance, uh, my little dance routine that we were practicing for the talent show when I had to go- The CCD talent show? <laughs> <or> that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was in my group. Uh, she was in my talent Cute group so um yeah we have a rich history <laughs> um so yeah she's probably one of the only ones that you know I can think of that even know and definitely don't care because she was into all the same stuff that I was into yeah um, they really but- they do remind parents will remind me that advent's here lens yeah. here you yeah. know yeah. you know and that's fine I I always say like Jesus and I are cool we just agree to see other people 
my dad kind of skirts around the word witch by calling me wench, which I don't think is any better. <laughs> He's like, no. how's it going, wench? <laughs> that just means you like serve beer to like, uh, I know. Renaissance. I don't know how I feel about it. You, you yeah. Christina, do you work at Renaissance Fair? Dude, I would have loved to work at Renaissance Fair. Right? I would have loved to. You go, huzzah. Dude, I love the Ren Fair. That's why I had my uh, bachelorette party. And you just get treated like royalty. You don't, yeah. it does not even have to be your bachelorette party. Just stick yeah. a sash on you that says bachelorette on it. Hey. You're in. You know, it's not like you need a driver's license to prove anything, right? right. Well, it's not <laughs> like they need your birthday. It's yeah, exactly. So... Uh, I think that's all I have to say about that part. I just want to be, you know, my family knows my, unfortunately, my grandpa's not doing so good. So he's really like the last person that I would be worried about, but he would just pray for me. You know, <laughs> that's all they can do, right? All like, you can do. He's 92. What do you want? Like, listen, if somebody wants to pray for me, be all, be my I'll guest. take them. I'll, I'll take, take prayers. prayers. I will take prayers. Just can you pray for like a million dollars for me? Give me all the help, please. Because uh, so again, as we learned before, prayer is really just law of attraction. It's magic. <laughs> it is just law of attraction with Jesus. <laughs> with, with Jesus. Sometimes. Sometimes. What were the uh, what were the re- reactions of those um, you feared telling most? Um, I don't know. Like, I think the main person, not that I, like, actually come out and said, like, I'm a witch. Like, again, I never really had that Sally moment. Um but probably like my mom like just kind of like reiterating to her after attempt and attempt and attempt her trying to get me to go back to the church Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm just like you know just after i told her i was done with making my confirmation you know after you're pretty much like an adult at that point in the eyes of the catholic church right because right after that uh um, right after that comes marriage right after that testament or testament is that the right sacrament Uh, sacrament yes after that sacrament is marriage right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so at that point you're an adult in the church's eyes you're you're able to make your own decisions um, and my decision was to freaking leave. <laughs> so good for you. Hell yeah. Um, but like, you know, I felt like for a long time after that, I was still only like 14, 15 years old. And of course your parents are going to want to have some bearing or some say on what you do with your life or how you live your life. If you live under your, their roof, you abide by their rules. Right. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. I just, it was just kind of like me reiterating kind of like, no ma, I'm not going to do Lent. I'm not going to Ash Wednesday. Like I'm not going to do all these things that you're expecting me to do because those, that's not really what I believe anymore. Like I'm an adult now. Like I can make my own decisions. And, um, you know, I think, you know, she's probably hurt or was hurt by it, but like we've come to an understanding. Like she knows who I am as an adult. I know who she is. I don't try Mm to, you know, sway her beliefs she might try to sway mine but she knows she's not gonna be successful yeah yeah <laughs> so, i mean like, she's not the only real one that like i know really gives a shit i'm pretty mm. sure none of my other family really even care you're um, her only daughter yeah 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 but you know like you said if your family knows you're a good person that's really all that should matter at the end of the day it doesn't matter what you yeah believe, right? and that goes back to like the stigma around all of this we are not sacrificing babies we are not harming animals like if anything we pay more respect to animals than half of the other religions out there right yeah my my animals are my babies they are the babies i like them better than i like people do you you should hear how i talk to the squirrels outside like it's (laughs) there's no reason for it but still they're a part of our circle there's no reason for it oh my god i love it (laughs) 
Um, uh, we uh, had a squirrel like a couple years ago, and he would just like dangle from the tree by his tail. He on and X Games call, mode. We would call him Mr. Bow Dangles because he would just dangle from the tree. He is adorable. That's a perfect name. Yeah. Perfect name. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have, who did I fear most? I think uh, mom, mom, if my mom listens to this, she probably did not know I had a YouTube until now. So really? I'm sorry, mom, I didn't tell you, but yeah. you know, here you go. Yeah. See my mom, she knows I have a YouTube channel because yeah. she would stream my videos over and over and over and over and over and over again. Get you that watch so, time. So I can get my monetization. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, I'm only monetized right now because of my mom. So thanks, mom. I know we didn't see eye to eye on all of the so religious supportive. growing up, but she is literally the most supportive person um, that I of my stuff that I know. And I have to say, she actually, she's probably one of the ones that asked me for tarot readings the most at this point. Oh, mama. I did a, I did a video of, um, I did a reading for her. And she always asks me the same question about her job. Does she? Oh, does she? <laughs> yeah, she's like, so what is so what's going on with my job now? Am I going to be able to retire early? Or is your father going to keep keep oh making my me God? <laughs> How cute! So, so yeah, so no, she's she's totally cool now. Now, like you know, I'm an adult. I have my life. She's she knows that, mm-hmm. and it's just you know, it's cool. Yeah, cool now for not being um. For, for being like very Catholic, I remember she was the one who bought me my first tarot deck. I still have really? it. It's it's was one of those decks. It's not Barnes and Noble. I get it wrong every time. Uh, Borders Books. Okay. And it was in one of those like spinny kiosks right at the checkout where you could get the travel sized little, little packets of things. And it yeah. was a little travel sized tarot deck. And I said, mom, can I have this? And she looked at it and she was like, why do you want it? I was like, cause it interests me. And that she was like, okay. Okay. And that was it. So I think against her better judgment at the time, she was like, okay, I guess I'll get it. But I was pretty, I was probably in seventh grade or something like that. So this project, like this is a lot of me coming out of the broom closet. Still, you're always like going to be coming out to people. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's right. a work in progress, right? It's not like you're gathering everybody in the town square and be like, I'm a witch. It's no right? phone tree situation. It's no phone it's not tree that easy. No, definitely no. not. Whoever needs to know needs to know. Whoever doesn't need to know doesn't need to know. And that's, that's how right. I feel about it. You know? That's right. Do you yeah. do you ever still feel awkward or weird about owning the title witch? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a, a thermos that says the word witch across it right yeah and it's like the only thermos it's ray dunn by the way i don't know (laughs) yeah she's like she's like a big deal right now she is uh she did all like the cool halloween merchandise that you see all up in home goods around halloween time but i have a a tumbler like a tea or coffee tumbler it it keeps beverages very warm and very cold if it needs right so this is the only thermos that i really have that that can keep my beverages to a suitable temperature um but it has the word witch across it right so you know i'm always kind of hesitant to take it to work right because you know i don't know people but people might see it and get some kind of wrong idea or Mm -hmm. they assume something especially if it's not around halloween time you know Mm -hmm. if you're just donning a witch mug it's a very bold statement on a coffee mug Oh yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So you know, I'm kind of like careful where I bring it, who I bring it around. So you know, I I took I took one of Avi's tumblers to work recently because his is just a very plain, um, what is what are those tumblers called? Uh, like a yeti. The, yeah, yeah, the yeti ones, and they're mm-hmm. just plain, plain color, very plain Jane, right? Mm-hmm. So I took one of his 
to work one day and I come home and he's like, is that my, is that my Tumblr? I'm like, yeah, why? He's like, well, why don't you use, why don't you use yours? I was like, well, because it says witch on it. He's like, so what? bring that with me. <laughs> he's like, so what? And I'm just like, uh, I just feel, I feel weird. Like, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, some like stupid stuff like that. So how about you? Do you feel still weird owning that title at all? For sure. Yeah, for sure. If somebody asks, I say, I usually say pagan. Yeah. And then they ask, well, what's that? Because the, the, <laughs> it has maybe less of a stigma because there's yeah. more intrigue. And um, what you were saying about your Tumblr is going back to like, you don't have to wear it on your t-shirt. Right. You're a witch. But that Tumblr is so cute, though. The Tumblr's so badass. I freaking love it. Super cute for a Ray Dunn. Like, it's super but cute. like, okay, I, I don't hesitate to bring that Tumblr around anybody that I know. Yeah. But for some somebody that that doesn't really know me it's like mm-hmm. a little different like i don't want them to get any preconceived have any kind of like preconceived notions or stereotypical thoughts you know what i mean that's kind of more you of know like what you what, mean what i'm thinking of i have two little like separate stories so the one that's closest to that is like i got a a little tiny round sticker that says witchy woman and that is on the back of my car i love that song i love that song. i know i know but it girl could, driving it, it around the deep be- south yeah, yeah but it could but just I'll, be the song that you're referring to you know? i don't know i also do have like a little black cat sticker sitting on a skull okay, okay. Um, <laughs> so i hadn't i didn't really think of it until lately like i have to bring my car in to get serviced a lot uh, more now because it's it's just janky yeah but i'm like shoot are they gonna see that sticker and treat me different mm. what i mean um or if i am parked outside my work are the guests going to kind of look at that car and treat me different? Yeah. But another, that's why, st- let me say real quick. That's why I have no bumper stickers. Yeah. I don't like, like, I feel like it's just a target. Like if somebody doesn't like, cause bumper stickers and like any kind of like car stickers, that, that's basically just like a, a, a billboard for who you are as a person, right? Like you put mm-hmm. your beliefs and stuff on bumper stickers. And I mm-hmm. always thought that that was like such a weird thing to do because like, are you asking to get your car like freaking banged up if somebody doesn't agree with your point of view? Like this is true. Yeah, it's very true. I don't so, want to be that target. Another little decal I have on, I don't know if you've seen the, it's a Norse rune. It's the circle rune um, and all the different like wheel spokes are like different. I don't remember. I'm not going to say coexist. It, no, 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 no. It's a circle and it's a, if I find the picture, I'll show you. Okay. But anyway, I have that on my car because it's the rune for like, um, m- like maps, uh, like knowing your way, like finding oh. your way home. And I'm like, it's on my car. It's kind of funny, you know, yeah, finding your yeah. way home. Dude. Okay. I'll try to make the story short. There's a guy I, I, I used to pass every day on the way home from work. He was always in his tractor and he would always be flipping off the cars on his road. And like you, you go behind, you're driving behind him. He's going to flip you off. You try to pass him. He's going to flip you off. I passed him one day and he like turned and spat at my car. All right. All right. I was like, what the hell? Like, I'm sorry. Like, what the fuck? The next day I was like, I know he's going to be out there. He was on the opposite side, flipping somebody off. He was on, he like, he got, had gotten out of his tractor, tractor still going. I pull up, I was like, thinking back on this now was probably not a safe idea, but I had the door locked. I cracked the window. I pulled over and I was like, Hey, like, Hey man, like I passed you the other day. Um, you, you didn't seem very happy. I don't really know the laws out here. I didn't know 
if you weren't allowed to pass, I'm sorry. He was like, no, it's cool. Like people litter on my road all the time. And it just drives me crazy. Um, And he's like, we're good. We're cool. And then he pointed to my bumper sticker and he was, he pointed, it was loud. So he like pointed to the bumper sticker or the, the, it's on the car window, back window. And then he pointed to the back of his calf. He had that tattoo on the back of his calf. And I was like, cool. Then he turns around. There's a Confederate flag on his hat. And I was like, son of a bitch. Damn it. You just lost all of the brownie points you gained. Fuck you. I know. (laughs) And that's, that is kind of, it's really awful that a lot of the Norse runes have been like taken over by the alt, right? Uh Or whatever they call the neo-Nazis. So I'm like, damn it. I wasted my time (laughs) being nice. But giving witches a good name, be nice. Yeah, man. But don't take no shit. Feel my kindness exactly take yeah. take no shit yeah that's it that's yeah. my story i like that story um well, i don't like i don't like that asshole but you know yeah but uh, to, to add, yes exactly but i don't say usually that i'm a witch i say pagan it's just right. easier to to confront those questions that come after i feel like you're taken more serious when you use pagan because pagan is actually like the term for the actual i guess not spirituality. religion spirituality yeah like yeah. which is more of like the stereotypical like you think of the hollywood with either the green face or somebody in a hooded robe summoning demons like that's you know what i mean I think people people picture more woo. People are thinking you're sitting on the ground with crystals on your naked body, like like shouting shouting at the ceiling. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's taken as seriously, but right. it should be. Right. It yeah. is absolutely a serious thing. It's has so much reverence behind it, you know. That's yeah. where I'm at. Um, I think a lot of my family, honestly, they they just they they know who I am as far as like they know I love Halloween they know I love all the spooky shit hi punky baby did you eat your baby eat your food? Um, he's like oh. <laughs> um they know you know I had the Halloween wedding mm-hmm. I go to Salem every freaking year for Halloween mm-hmm. um, we do Halloween up around here like it's no secret that I'm like into some spooky stuff right yeah, yeah you're spook queen I'm yeah. a spooky queen around here right um, so I don't think it's any secret to anybody. Like it's just a natural progression into the realm of the occult and esoteric and metaphysical. Like I think it's just expected of me at this point. But there <laughs> is like that thing about like meeting new people, meeting strangers. Mm-hmm. Like how mm-hmm. are they going to receive me? Like stuff like I guess like people who don't really know me on that level yet. Yeah, that's who I'm more so like worried about. But yeah. I feel like you vibe or you you vibe when you find your tribe is like the saying, right? I feel like I I naturally um, attract people like me at this point in my life because I know who I am and I know mm-hmm. the type of people I want to attract. So I usually don't really waste too much time asso- even associating with people who I know aren't going to give me that good energy back. The next question is, how do you feel about witch talk as a means of introducing the younger generation to their own magical paths. Yeah, I think we talked a little bit about this before when we were talking about the legacy, the craft, the legacy, mm-hmm. and um, witch talk, and seeing that tarot table in the middle of Barnes and Noble, just like out in the open, and like the whole aisle, the whole um, metaphysical book aisle, right by the coffee bar. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's more mainstream now. And I think as a kid, as like a a sixth seventh grader in like the the mid 90s 
I wish it was more accepted. I wish I didn't have to hold myself up in the upper corner of a library or a bookstore and be embarrassed if somebody that I knew walked past the aisle and saw me standing there reading those books. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of envious of kids nowadays that they have it so easy to be open with who they are. And I think witch talk and... Um, I think I think I think that whole scene kind of made it easier for kids to kind of explore their spirituality a lot more. And it's a lot more accepted now. And I am a little envious that I that it wasn't as open and free flowing when I was that age, because I mm -hmm. think I would have I think I would have flourished. And um, I, I think I would have flourished in my path a lot sooner because I I had I had it probably until I was 20. And then once I like was in my like 20s I abandoned it all together mm -hmm. I did I was not in touch with my magical side at all all throughout my 20s it wasn't until I was like 31 32 that I started coming back around and really re recognizing that it wasn't a phase as a teenager I was mm -hmm. like no 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 this is who I am <laughs> yeah same yeah. yeah so so yeah do you feel envious or like do you um what is your whole take on the youth today and coming into their paths <laughs> the youth <laughs> You, you um i i will agree with you but i will also say that i think uh that it also is not taken as seriously it is a spirituality and it is trying to get yourself closer to the divine or or the higher power intellect right? and i don't know as an aesthetic mm -hmm. uh you know a lot of kiddos are just using it for that right. which all right, it's a trend, which we kind of touched on. Um, but it's also a lot of people's, that is their life. Uh, and I don't know, that's somebody's lifestyle. But right. like we said, like witches come in every shape, size, form, color, you know, yeah, all no over the world. The The information is there, but also like getting the right information. And mm -hmm. like, what's up with trying to hex the moon, guys? Wait, what? Fuck. This Am was I old that I don't know what? <laughs> this was like nine, 10 months ago. Like baby witches were trying to hex the moon. Why? 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 I don't know. Because witch talk. Because <laughs> witch talk. Kids are yeah, fucking I guess, stupid. I guess, I guess that's the thing that I don't like. about. I mean, there's pros and cons about everything, right? Um, right. going to be those asshats out there that are going to do stupid shit like that and spread misinformation. And that's really unfortunate. But it is because um, we already have like a bad name. I know. You know I give know. us a good exactly. name, y'all. Exactly. And I mean, the craft legacy didn't do us any favors either. So I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and also when, you know, I was a teenager in the nineties, the word aesthetic didn't even exist. Social media didn't even exist. Right. So, I mean, but then again, the craft did exist. The practical magic did exist. You know, Sabrina, the teenage witch did exist. We You're, emulated that without no, like we were trying to copy it without knowing right, what aesthetic right. was. Right. And I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, it started maybe as a phase in fun and games for us as teenagers. And maybe that's just what these new witch talk kids are doing to, you know, kind of see if it's it's their vibe yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, what yeah, they yeah. say now it's not my, it's my vibe yeah um <laughs> maybe maybe they're trying to just feel it out see if it's their vibe maybe they'll ditch it in their 20s and come yeah. back to it in their 30s and be like oh no this really is who i am and then maybe yeah. they'll get into seasonal witchcraft maybe they'll learn the wheel of the year maybe they'll be an old bitty like us just gardening and you know hosting doing, a podcast hosting a podcast <laughs> talking about when it was my day right 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 so i mean I don't know. I, f I feel like whether they're serious about it now or not, maybe it doesn't matter. They're teenagers. They're having fun. It's dark and it's mysterious and it's alluring. And that's all yeah. the reasons why we 
were interested in it when we were teenagers you know yeah yeah, yeah. so maybe one day they'll they will take it seriously hopefully i and hope you know, so and the people who aren't serious are gonna drop off and then it was yeah. a fad for them and then fuck them anyway so who cares yeah. i just don't really love like the people who are making money off of these things like what mm. the hell is that gwyneth paltrow shit goob oh goop 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. I don't. Yeah. I don't appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, but. I watched a um, a kind of like a mini documentary last night. Do you follow Vice? Vice's YouTube channel. Mm-mm. They do like a lot of like political pieces and um, like you know, a lot of I guess journalism. Okay. Around you know, I don't know, not pop culture, like some pop culture, but mostly like you know, political stuff and like propaganda and like stuff in other countries and yeah. blah, blah blah. They did a whole piece. I watched this this literally yesterday. There was a video, um, where Vice went to this uh retreat for multimillionaires. Have you ever heard of Mind Valley? No. There's this company called Mind Valley. I actually followed this guy like a while ago when I was like when I was like in my early 30s, kind of trying to re refine my spiritual path. Um, and he was one of the people that like I came across just like on YouTube and like just watching his videos and stuff. He's this like self-made millionaire guru, like spiritual guru, um, kind of like on um on tier with like a Gabby Bernstein or like a Danielle Laporte. Do you know any of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, a, a positive, uh, like a public speaker, like somebody who's like, you know, got that big ass following. Exactly. Yes. Cult like, right. Cult like, um, right. Cult like. Yeah. So, uh, Vice actually went to one of, uh, his little, uh, I guess retreats and that didn't really paint it in the, in the best of lights. Yeah. Really? interesting yeah and so where can we find this on youtube that's on youtube I, okay. we can link it, we can link it below all right uh, but i just thought it was very interesting like what what we were talking about right before this i don't remember where i was going with this point uh, making money maybe- off of making money off of spirituality yes like yes mm-hmm. yeah so basically like you know these these gurus that have these huge followings just market this shit to multi-millionaires and they're just making bank because these millionaire people have to fill some kind of void in their life because I think he even said in the video, like, it gets lonelier at the top. So, like, Whoa. These, these people who, like, I guess make all this money, like, they start, I guess they their friends, their social circles kind of, like, get smaller because they trust less people because they have more yeah. money. Yeah. So, they, these retreats are kind of, like, a way for them to kind of, like, socialize with other people who are in that same boat. Ooh. It's very mm. weird. That is very weird. <laughs> yeah, but watch, watch the um the. It's like a mini doc. It's like twenty minutes long. Okay, okay. But I thought it was very interesting. Okay, yeah. so that goes back to trust. Like again, like what were we saying before about like the like being in the Catholic Church? Like you kind of run out when you're told these things. You're like, who do I trust? If you're telling me one thing and the Bible says the other thing, but in the Old Testament it says this thing, like I yeah. can't trust any of this. Right. And then with with witch talk it's like who where's the source in this like where it's coming back to but you're absolutely right like if i was a kid exactly like you said i i totally fell off the wagon with with paganism uh through high school and and college and got married and then came back to it but i always knew like in the back of my mind like i was different like i get i could hear things and i experienced things differently and i was special as they say but yeah say again there's a little witch in all of us i know uh all right. So has the uh, has the metaphysical and occult has the metaphysical and occult arrival in the mainstream made it easier for you 
to own your power and practice your craft more openly and 100 percent, 100 percent. yes um like i said i used to have to hide in bookstores mm-hmm. to kind of like read or take books out of the library like i used i used to feel super awkward about it yeah. now you find crystals in the home goods like, it's more you- awkward buying tampons than it is buying a metaphysical <laughs> book i know like yeah. I don't or condoms, I don't, you know? Yeah. Like I don't feel that awkward, that sense of awkwardness that I that I used oh, to. Punky. Punky <laughs> I don't just slid that. into her yeah, DMs. He's, he's so smooth. <laughs> um he's about to lay down right now. He's so cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't feel that sense of awkwardness that I used to, I have to say. So that's kind of nice. Oh, for sure. I think you nailed it. Um, I'm really rural, so I don't really have to talk to too many people about it. And then if people do see my car, like I'm never going to see that person again, hopefully. Yeah. So then what does the term witch mean to you now? Uh, personally, did you hear that song that like, there's like a new song on, I think it actually got famous on TikTok. It's like <laughs> W period, I period, T period. It's like an anagram. Yeah, no. Um, It's called witch. Okay. And it's like rumors. You never heard that song? Oh, okay. We're going to have to play it. Maybe, I don't know, at the end of this episode, or I don't know, we'll link it somewhere. But basically, yeah. the, anagram, the anagram W I T H, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. I don't know where this came from. I did not make this up. I can't take credit for it. But the anagram, which stands for woman in total control of herself cool i like that it's just it's just a woman or a man it doesn't matter what you are it's just a person human being owning their power that's what a witch is that's that's what a witch is to me somebody who's just in their power um don't really don't really give any fucks other than like you know (laughs) not harming anybody else just being kind to natures being kind to animals doing things that are good for the environment just doing what you can to put your positive imprint on the world um and just leave it in a better place than how you found it dude exactly that's Mm -hmm. almost exactly how i explain it to people when i did my cousin's wedding in october one of the older gentlemen pulled me aside and like we were walking to the reception and he's like so I hear you're a witch what does that mean and I'm <laughs> oh like oh God. shit oh what? shit not from my side of the family it was from the bride's side so I was like okay uh-huh. I was like well we we believe in an honoring nature and the cycles of the year and the cycles of life in general uh you know being kind to others giving back taking care of the earth everything you just said you know not harming anyone and we believe that like we're all connected um and and taking care of each other so that's definitely and I think you and I kind of kind of lean more toward the wheel of the year in honoring you know that's more for me that's more of my practice is is honoring the different times of the year and the sowing and the reaping and how it connects with our bodies especially as women. So, um, yeah, that's what, which means to me. Yeah. And also being in touch, like I'm super in touch with the moon. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's honoring all of the, all of those, uh, cycles of nature, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. So the last question is, this is the 10th question. Are you at a place where you feel comfortable to call yourself what you are? And can we say it? Fuck yeah. Let's say it. Well, I'm I'm a a witch. witch. How did that feel? I'm about it. I'm about it. Who gives a shit? It's time. I think at this point, if you're nine episodes into our podcast and you didn't know we were a fucking witch at this point, you got other problems. (laughs) That's the thing. That's the thing. I don't know if we ever, besides the first episode where we kind of talked about like finding the path, like, yo, we're not, we're not just like fans of the show, like our show movie. This kind of helped build 
our spirituality. Like this gave yeah. us a little foothold into what paganism means. So you have two witches hosting the show for you and just giving you a little more of a background on what witchcraft is. So I think that's pretty tits. It is tits. Tits McGee. Tits McGee. Tits McGits. <laughs> tits my grits. Yeah. Tits my grits. Tits my grits. Um, I just have to say that I guess that was our official Sally moment, huh? Yeah. Yeah. To all the ears. Because neither one of us like really ever declared it, right? We're always mm-hmm. kind of tiptoeing. We're tiptoeing around the eggshells. Yeah, tiptoeing around the eggshells, beating that horse when we get there. But now we're we're Sally. We summon the phone tree. <laughs> Y'all are our phone tree. Oh dang! So All now right. you guys, you guys can answer those introspective questions if you want to. You, again, you can get those on our Patreon. I'll put together a nice little printable PDF for you. So That's you can, so nice of you. You can do some self reflecting and uh, embark down that journey of coming out of your broom closet. Um, so that leads me to this very last little little um cool thing that i kind of came across by accident today while um i guess i don't know why i was looking for this i just typed in coming out of the broom closet on amazon just to see if there was like any anything Mm -hmm. and okay first of all this book is free on kindle so you should Mm -hmm. definitely go check it out um and it's also, or you can buy it on paper book on Amazon for $9.99. This okay. is not sponsored, by the way. I just literally came across this today and I thought this okay. was so fitting. Okay. So the book is called Coming Out of the Broom Closet, a collection of stories from modern day witches. And I'm actually not sure who wrote that. So let me go see real quick. Um, author is The Mama TM is the name okay. of the author. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the, the synopsis. Okay. Ready? So it says, whether you were born into a family already practicing or stumbled onto your path on your own, identifying publicly as a pagan is a huge step to take. It is lightheartedly referred to within the pagan community as coming out of the broom closet. Here you will find a collection of stories from several pagans, Wiccans, and witches of the modern day. We invite you to enjoy their stories of finding their paths, taking the steps to stop hiding their true selves from the world, and how those decisions have affected their lives and families. Six of these stories are the tales of the administrators of an online community known as The Pagan Mama. You can find us at thepaganmama.com, and that's M-A-M-A. We are an ever-growing community of men and women dedicated to assisting, caring, and most importantly, supporting one another. Now, here's where it gets really freaking weird, okay? What? I clicked on, like, you know how on Amazon you can do, like, the view of, uh, like, a snippet of the book? Yeah. So I clicked on this. Yeah. This is the very first page of the book. Ready? Okay. It it opens with a quote. Okay, I'm ready. My darling girl, when are you going to realize that being normal is not necessarily a virtue? It denotes rather a lack of courage. Oh. Aunt Frances, Alice Hoffman, Practical Magic. And then she goes on to say, cliche, right? We couldn't tell our stories without a practical magic quote. And I promise you that this quote is in fact relevant to this story. I would like to tell you that my path as a witch started as a wee child passed on from generations before, but that would, I would be lying. I would also like to tell you that I have some sort of psychic ability, but that would be lying as well. What I have and have always had is a respect for the world around me, a friendship with the elements and a love and the love for a good book. 1998 was a good year. Actually, (laughs) the 90s just plain rocked. Choker necklaces, Beanie Babies, Tamagotchi, really good hip-hop music, Need I Say More, which we just talked about on, like, one of our last episodes. Yeah, yeah. 
And it says, at the awkward age of 10, a life-changing event happened. I went to the movies. Do you get where I'm going with this? Oh my god. Remember that quote that I mentioned would be relevant? Well, here's the relevance. The movie was practical magic. I walked out of that movie hooked on magic. I went straight home, grabbed a candle, and concentrated for at least five hours trying to get that damn candle or that darn candle to light. It flickered okay. Scratch that. It didn't. But you can't blame me for trying, right? I looked at the world differently after that. I saw magic everywhere. A few years after that, I grabbed my first book on witchcraft, The Craft by Dorothy Morrison. This is when I really realized that this is my path and I felt something in a faith that I have never felt before. I felt home. Although my newfound path left me excited, I do have to say that one thing got in the way for a while. My raging hormones. (laughs) My moon cycle came, and with that, my love for the opposite sex. I am happy to say that one of those creatures wound up being my life partner and the father of my little witchlings. And during that time, I was too hooked on teenage things and drama to really be motivated to do any sort of practice. I found my practice again at the age of 22. And isn't, didn't, were we just talking about that? Like we kind of abandoned it for a while to kind of go through life, go through its changes, kind of really find ourselves as an adult, like coming Mm -hmm. into our adult adulthood and then coming back to it at a later point kind of like more mature and ready to accept who we are and like yes that we're ready to follow the sally Um, moment right yeah so um you know the intro goes on to say a little bit more um i'm trying to see if there's anything else related to practical magic in here but but that's that's so cool yeah at the end of this chapter she goes dream big my witches and since i am bad at concluding paragraphs we will take one from alice hoffman's very own sally owens now one person's journey in life is the same but here are some things i know for certain always throw spilled salt over your left shoulder keep rosemary by your garden gate plant plant lavender for luck and fall in love whenever you can so i just thought how amazing even this book on freaking amazon this random book that i just freaking you know intro is that i don't know if alice hoffman realizes how many witches she has created and like the unknown coven that has sparked from that book slash movie absolutely and this movie this is why this movie means so much to so many of us who are it helps us come to like our true selves yeah and Ah. sally and you know the whole owens family have showed us that it doesn't have to be this big like abracadabra type of thing like it's things you find in your everyday life just finding that magic in the mundane like oh for sure you know connecting with the earth connecting with the elements connecting with your loved ones around you creating a community and a sense of sisterhood and bonding and with other women Mm -hmm. even men like it doesn't matter who you are like the the fact of the matter is that this movie has touched so many people and so many witches coming into their paths and it's just uh I feel like this is like the foray and like for people like really be like okay it's time to to own it I'm I'm a witch, like coming yeah. out of the room closet, you know? That's so, so great. It just, it's crazy how that this freaking... whole episode just came full circle. <laughs> full fucking circle. Love great those find. Great yeah. job. I wanted to surprise you with that. That's why I didn't put it in this. You <laughs> are sneaky Sagittarius. I love it. That was great. Yeah, man. So that was great. That's what we got, man. That's what we got for you guys. That's the episode, I think, right? We hope that you enjoyed this. This is the last episode of 2022. It feels like we just got started. Like, I know we've been started since uh, October, but girl, 
it's the end of December. Yeah. And if you really think about it, well, you guys are hearing this episode at the end of December, but me and Christina actually started this whole, whole journey. Well, this whole podcast journey rather at the beginning of September. So really like it really have not been that long at all, <laughs> but, but we're I, having such a good time. Oh, it's a blast. It's a blast. This is literally, like I said, I cannot get over doing doing stuff for this podcast and like talking and researching and listening and reading stuff about Practical Magic and Alice Hoffman and like uh, one of our reviews said, like you just want to keep living in that world yeah. and you never, you, you do something you love, you don't work a day in your life. This is not work to me at all. It's so it's much fun, fun but yeah. I have to remind myself that now it is like we're responsible for this precious, precious story. Thank you, Alice Hoffman, for following us. It's the baby. And we were not granted permission to do that, but like, we'll take care of it. We promise. Yeah. Do you feel like her following us in a way is kind of her just like giving us her blessing? I hope. I don't know. <laughs> she or might is just... it just her doing her research so she could send us a season to say? Yeah. Yep. She's taking <laughs> notes. Yeah. She's going to be like, please stop swearing so much and stop hailing Satan. <laughs> There is no devil in the craft. Thank you, Miss Sally Owens. That's, that's right. Oh, oh fuck. Thank you, guys. Oh, we hope you enjoyed this. Um, we're gonna give you some socials on where to find us. Yeah. Uh, so you can so you can participate and fill out that little questionnaire that um Justina put together on just the introspective questions on on where you are in your path and how you got there and just meditate on those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can find all that at patreon.com slash magnolia street podcast. Um, and all of those, I guess the after hours posts are those, what tier is that? I don't even fucking know. Uh, I believe they start at the $3 tier. You get okay. the after hours. So the after hours plus the show notes, right? Is the yes. $3 tier? Okay. Yes. You can find our after hours posts as well as any kind of show notes on our $3 tier on Patreon. Any Facebook lives in the future, if you guys want to join us on those, you can join our $5 tier and that gets you access into our private Facebook community and our private Discord server. Uh, so on that Discord server, y'all, we're going to be starting that book club read-along starting uh, in January, and we're going to be starting with actually Maria's story. Mm -hmm. If we haven't said that already in any of the other recordings, I don't think we have, um, but we're going to do these chronologically. So it'll be Maria's story, then the aunt story and rules of magic, then practical yes. magic, then book of magic. We're going to tackle tackle maria's story first so if you want to tag along we're gonna have so the discord server also has like a voice channel so mm -hmm. we're gonna be getting together and discussing questions and thoughts about that section of the book so y'all y'all know what a book club is come and hang out with us it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm super excited and as we probably proved earlier on in this episode me and christina have read all the books at this point i'm i'm still I'm still fishing my way through the very last book, Book of Magic, but you know, we've read the previous books a couple of times over now at this point, I feel like, right? And we're mm -hmm. we're already pretty pretty cloudy on some information, so we have to already brush up on our shit. A go back in is just going to help so much with the show too though. Like we're going to be yeah. able to highlight so much more stuff and get get insights from you guys too and like not that we're just fishing for content and just want to use your content, but we love we love the stories and that i'm totally ready to jump back in dude i yeah. just finished maria's story last month me too <sighs> kind of start do. this one again and i read rules of magic again last month for like the second time and now yeah. like 
going this morning when we were trying to figure out like what that one line Isabel said <laughs> and we couldn't <sighs> find it we're like shit we need to read this again yeah yeah all find right. us yeah. on on Patreon and most of y'all have found us on Instagram we're at uh, Magnolia Street Podcast on Instagram Alice Hoffman is over there now so uh, you find us find us outside how about that <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 um so yeah if you want to join the heroes tier you can get some really neat bonus episodes and i'm pretty sure we're gonna do a few bonus we talked about doing some bonus episodes that snowball off this episode right we wanted to talk about some some other yeah. thing maybe we'll yeah. do for this there's episode. plenty of stuff over there oh my god i know yeah we already have a couple bonus episodes up there we have a meditation over there and um by now, you should have already heard our very first song episode stream over on the Patreon for our song Magnolia Street, the intro and outro song to this podcast. So if you want to listen to that song in its entirety, head on over to the $8 Hey Rose tier and get all of that cool stuff. And for as little as $1 a month, you Dude. can weigh in on our Patreon polls and, um, you know, just tell us what you want to hear us talk about. You yeah. decide the next episode. You know? Dude, it's a dollar and you don't even have to keep that dollar going into the next month. Right. You lose that. You, four quarters could roll out of your pocket just as easily. So mm -hmm. why not take it and put it to a poll that you get to hear what you want to hear on the Magnolia Street podcast? Hear what you want to hear. Say what you want to say. Live how you want to live. Play how you want to play. You remember the yeah. Adams Family uh, theme song? In the 90s? It didn't no. do that shit. I don't remember that one at all. You know, you're making me feel old again. Please brush up on your 90s movies so you know what I'm, the fuck I'm talking about. No, they're creepy and they're kooky. Mysterious and spooky, girl. No, that's the original. I'm talking about the credit rolling, the credit oh, song the for, the, for the 90s movie, Adam's Family. Which okay. I will go and listen to that. Just, just YouTube, Adam's Family theme song by MC Hammer. It's lit. It's too legit to quit. Okay. Yeah. But tell us where they can email us. <laughs> at Magnolia Street Podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. And like we said, y'all, we want to do more song episodes, yeah. but uh, we need some ratings if we haven't gotten them by now. So we're looking it's, to try to get, get reviews, right? Yes. So, yep. We're trying to get a few more written reviews uh, and a couple more ratings. They don't have to be five stars. Five stars would be great. We want your honest opinion on how to improve. So leave us a written review on the Apple podcast and you get another song said. Okay, Celine Dion. Thank you. <laughs> Celine. Um, I will say that if you are going to leave us a one-star review, at least leave us constructive criticism as to why you left us a one-star review. Don't just be that douche. Yeah. Who's just that guy? A, yeah. Who was that one person that gave us a one-star review for no freaking- Then erased it. Then erased it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it was probably one of us that did it by accident. And we're over here blaming some random person. I know. Definitely tell us like how to improve. Yeah. We want uh, we would appreciate criticism. It. Yeah, we would. All right, man. Is that is that it? Did we- That, that ain't it. We we need to, to know that you can also leave us a voicemail. <laughs> No, I think we said that earlier, didn't we? Yeah. Just to reiterate, there's a there's a link in the description below and it's through Anchor. Um, and you're able to leave us a little a little voice message if you so desire. Um, but we want to wish everyone a happy season. This comes out on the 30th. So we want to wish you a happy new year. Uh, yeah. and my aunt always she always said, be safe, be smart, you don't have to behave. So I'm gonna like leave that. you with that. That Just sounds like safe. something that Aunt Isabel would say. That's right. And I right? love it. I love oh. it. Thank you guys for coming today and happy new year. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us on Magnolia Street. I'm Justina. And I'm Christina. And, and we'll, we'll see you next time. time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
Street. Would you go down to Magnolia Street with a 